Okay. How many drugs did you smoke? <laughs> Denny? I didn't take any. What kind? <laughs> Where's the money, Denny? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. Since this is a cesspool for spoilers, this week we're actually going to be explaining Midsummer. so if you haven't seen it, tune out and tune back in once you've seen it, or else we're going to spoil the heck out of it. We have other spoiler timestamps on our Instagram and Twitter at WeExplainMovies. Here's how it goes. We're going to start off with some things we knocked off our watch list this past week. Go to some movie-related questions, the explanation, and then close up by rating the movie and saying what our watch list ads and recommendations are. It's going to be great. And this week, Kayleen is the one who has not seen Midsummer, So yes. Kimmy and I will spoil it before her very ears. And it's also a fun... We're nowhere near ending this podcast, but no. it's a nice full circle because the origin for this podcast began last summer when... Kayleen did not want to go see Hereditary because it looked too scary. I said, Kimmy, do you think that I would like this kind of movie? And she goes, no. And I kept telling her to explain it to me as Courtney from the kitchen shouts, don't do it! Don't ruin it! And I was like, Kimmy, ruin it. I ruined it. I didn't want to. I was like, leave out the best part. And I still have not seen part. it. <laughs> um, but we still spoiled all of it and ended up explaining yeah. the whole movie to you, to which Kayleen went, yeah, I'm not going to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Good move. I'm very excited for yes. this podcast. It feels very exciting. Yeah. Also, a disclaimer for people who listen to our episode on The Crow, as you've figured out by now, this is not The Mists of Avalon. Oh, duh. Because, mm. uh, you know, sometimes we change our mind around here and screw that movie. So we're not doing it. Sorry, yep. you're getting a much better movie and Kimmy will yes. do an explanation next week. Yeah, it was very long. <laughs> I forgot how long it was. I really only remember the beat, like one beginning crazy plot point and then the end. And I was like, what is all this other stuff? Does Arthur pull the sword from the stone? He, he <laughs> does. Kimmy remembers. Does he? <laughs> that's not a part that I remembered, but uh -huh. that does happen in the movie. Yeah. Did you see a shirtless man in a waterfall? No. Damn it. But like I said last time, it really is just like about the women. <laughs> um, but my really, my only takeaway from this movie is that the attention to detail as far as like costuming goes is my favorite part mm. of the movie. Everybody's costumes are great. The characters age, like even though it's like the same actor playing them for like several years, oh. but it's like they dress them really young and they like costuming matures as they get older. It's That's like cool. really cool. You, nice. you know, use of timeline. and So, sorry. Sorry, you guys don't get to hear about it. <laughs> okay. Why don't you just continue since that's something you watched this week. What else did you watch? Disturbia with you, <laughs> Courtney. I take back my recommendation for it. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad, yeah. It's like, you know, red flags all over the place. Yeah, you they know? were telling me about it yesterday and I was bummed that they didn't think it aged well because I haven't seen it since my senior year of high school. Oh, it's yeah. so bad. There, it was, it was way too long. For mm -hmm. a bunch of nothing to happen. Mm -hmm. And then it was just so sexist and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and not even from the serial killer who kills women. Yeah. <laughs> from, right. from Shia LaBeouf. Who um, is really Shia LaBeouf's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, uh, but... Not from the nice, nice man from the Green Mile. That's no. the murderer. Oh, no, he's the murderer. There he's was the murderer. Um, a really strongly acted scene from Shia, though, where I was like, mm -hmm. Oscar, oh, give it to him. That's cool. Just because you could see... The potential. The potential, which, I mean, eventually we get from Shia, of just mm -hmm. him, uh, tears streaming down his face, screaming, 
Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah. And then I didn't really watch anything else except Stranger Things. Yep, we watched all of Stranger Things. We watched so. all of Stranger Things season three, and we won't spoil it because it's literally like yesterday <laughs> new. Yeah, and because maybe they would, except for I haven't seen it yet, so yeah, it's not for you guys, it. it's for me. <laughs> but I really had a good time. I really enjoyed it. My favorite um, character is Robin. She's a I great character. Yeah. She's so cool. There were some really good gems in this season. Yeah. I was just They brought in so many people for this season that really amped up the story. Oh, good. It was nice to see them there. Do you want to go next? Sure, I can go next. Kimmy, we did actually watch, we finished out the Star Wars saga. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, so you only had one left, right? Well, and then we watched Force Awakens and Last Jedi. So we are, we're done with Star Wars. And then. Did you do, so you didn't do Solo and Rogue One? Of course not. Okay. <laughs> I will never watch Solo again. I'm sorry. That yeah. was so bad. I haven't seen it. Don't. Next, I actually, um, moving on to things that I saw in theaters, because I've seen three things in theaters Ooh. this week. I saw Toy Story 4. I did know that. Which I loved. Um, I did not even think I would go see it. I did not think I would really enjoy it, and I did. And y'all, there was some like really fun, funky parallels to Swiss Army Man. Ooh. <laughs> Is it with Forky? With Forky. Ooh. Just in okay. Forky uh, thinking he's trash and not understanding yes. what trash is. I posted this thing on Tumblr and it said it was like a gift set of um, Woody. And he goes, hi, I'm Woody. And then the doll goes, well, what's your name? And he goes, I'm trash. That's That's his whole thing is that he can't not be trash and so when he's told he's a toy he has just this huge existential crisis ah, and he's obsessed with finding a trash can and he's like trash trash i'm trash and he oh. refuses to be a toy because he's like no i'm trash um i remember asking you after you said that you liked it because i was happy that you liked it yeah. and i was like was forky adorable i just had a guess that he yeah. would be and you were like oh so adorable so adorable <laughs> and uh like bo peep is a major character yeah. in fact pretty much it was only new characters with Woody. Buzz was pretty extraneous. Wow. He had, like, his own little side plot, but all the other toys weren't even there. It's not like they died or anything, but they were just off screen the whole time. They like, needed to make room for Key and Peele. They really did, which they were hysterical. Oh, that's good. Um, Who do Key and Peele play? A duck and a bunny? Yeah, the, like, carnival stuffed animal looking things. Oh. Uh, and they were so funny, and the villain was brand new, and really had a lot of depth to it. Wow. Like, it was crazy. And then just with the overall themes, all of it was about abandonment and fear of abandonment, yeah. and I was like, Swiss Army Man! Yeah. Um, so, cool. I loved it. It was it was cool. really good. Um, I do really want to go see I that. felt like this saga was tied together with the third one, and this just kind of felt like an extended, uh, what if this happened mm. next? But uh, I really enjoyed it. Then Kaylee and you and I saw Yesterday. Oh, yesterday, yeah. What? Yeah, sorry. Oh, <laughs> so, can you, just, oh, you know what happened, actually? What? <laughs> so, Where was I? You were at class. <laughs> God damn it. This is what happened, is Dakota it was like, babe, let's go see a movie. I was like, okay, and he goes, Annabelle, and I said, no! <laughs> so he sa- I said, we're gonna see yesterday, or we're gonna watch a movie at home. <laughs> so then he invited Christian, knowing Christian really wanted to see it. So then I knew you were at class, but I was like, I cannot invite Courtney. And she goes, I actually had a ticket to see it earlier. I'll move it to when you guys yeah. are there. You traitors. You Sorry. Traitors. I was going to see it by myself. I was happy to see it with So technically, we didn't all see it without you because she was going to see it by herself. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought there was a bit more to it than I expected. Um, I liked that aspect of it. Yeah. And pretty, pretty a, a lukewarm conflict. Yeah. You know, there wasn't too much meat to the conflict. Yeah. And then, um, 
I found myself as I was watching it wanting to change things. Yeah. I was like, here's what I would change. Totally. Agreed. <laughs> um, but, and it also just didn't feel very Danny Boyle. That guy really just does yeah. whatever. Which and I has, think that's cool. I think it's cool too. Yeah, yeah. Just the fact this guy made like train spotting yeah. and 127 hours and it, he's just kind of yeah. all over the place. It's very interesting. I, I will say I was excited for the movie and I went in and I had a good time, but I was still pretty, I, I kind of lukewarm about the whole thing. Like yeah. I enjoyed it. I will say the one thing that surprised me was it was funnier than I expected. Yes. And that was cool. And that surprised me from Danny Boyle, too. Yeah. I was like, this is just a down-and-out comedy. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was worth going to see, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just am not, I'm not blown away by it. I'm not head over heels about for it. For sure. Yeah. I gave it less than the next thing that I saw, in terms of score, uh, because the last thing I saw was Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah! <laughs> Which we're all gonna go see again in, like, a couple days. Yeah. Um, but I saw that one by myself because I have no patience. <laughs> <laughs> if something's out... That has one of my faves in it. I was, I was like, like I can't, I can't wait uh, for that. <laughs> and super cool, uh, great. Like, like they've said, it's a great way to follow up Endgame. I'm um, excited in terms of just ha- putting out a movie that's all heart and all comedy. And um, oh, I loved it. I just love that cast. Like, I'm already. Oh, you know what I, I, I listened to a spoiler free review on it, and one of the things I really liked that they said in the review is that they did not give a shit about Mary Jane in the first one, and in this one they really developed her character, which makes me happy, because I think that Zendaya, I really like her as an actress, mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't care for her at all. She Spider-Man. just made, like, grumpy faces. Yeah, so I'm excited time. that she yeah. has more to work with. There's more to work with with her. Um, Ned gets uh, a girlfriend, and she is so funny, and shout out to her podcast. She has a podcast, and I adore it. She's just so cute. It's called The Community Library, where she reviews books, and it's just her talking about books she loves, and it's really good. That's cool. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. That is what I watched this week. Cool. On to you, Kayleen. Um, so, in the spirit of you mentioning another podcast, I think now is a good time for us to finally talk about the podcast that the three of us love. Yeah! Which Courtney discovered. You want to talk Thank about you. that? <laughs> you did. Because um, you, you listened to their 10 Cloverfield Lane episode. I did, yeah. Um, I... I hadn't listened to any movie podcast before we started one, and then the only way that I did start listening to them as I <laughs> went into iTunes and I searched Arrival, and I wanted to listen to everybody who had an episode about Arrival. Uh, then I started browsing, I think, other episodes, uh, or typing in movies that I also liked, and I mm-hmm. typed in 10 Cloverfield Lane, and up came our boys over at, they're not our boys, hi <laughs> we boys. Now, we now consider them our boys. <laughs> we call you the boys. <laughs> um, yeah, our boys over at Take 3 AMP, Take 3 Movie Podcast. Yeah. Um, but so I wanted to bring them up because I listened to their Jurassic Park episode a little while back, and I like Jurassic Park, of course, but I've only seen it once in my whole life, and basically listening to them talk about it and talk about all these different aspects of the movie, I was like, wow, I really don't remember this element of it. Oh, I don't remember that element Mm -hmm. of it. Oh, that's a cool Easter egg. So I didn't quite finish it yet, but I just started it the other day. And it was really fun to watch after listening to them. I would say the coolest part was this Easter egg that I think they found out in their third portion after they do the research. Yeah. Where, um, you know how on the island it's all female dinosaurs? So, did you listen to the Jurassic Park episode of those? So how they say that when they're on the helicopter, he only has female seatbelts. And he tries to put them together, but there's no male, Uh male part. So he ties them in a knot. 
Yeah. And it's life like, finds a way. <laughs> yeah, life finds a way. So it's like foreshadowing to the fact that there's only female dinosaurs. I really, I really love the idea that it's called a female seatbelt because. Like, well, that's what, like, plugs and sockets are called and stuff. So. <laughs> I'm humans. Like, can we not make it all about our genitals? <laughs> These are vagina seatbelts. <laughs> anyway, uh, so far I'm really enjoying the rewatch. But, yeah, I was just, like, noticing a lot of things I didn't notice this time around. And it's, it's really exciting It's a to great do that. movie. Yeah. yeah. I, you know that, well, they, they probably mentioned this, I didn't listen to that podcast, but it was, like, revolutionary in helping actual paleontologists and anthropologists figure more about, um, really? about like, what dinosaurs looked like. I would guess it's because they probably got more grant money. <laughs> because a bunch of people were probably like, I want to be like Alan! That would be funny if that was the reason. Yeah. <laughs> Alan. Alan. So yeah, Jurassic Park, and then um, I'll briefly skim through these other ones. We talked about yesterday. We didn't talk about this movie, but you guys know because I made that silly video. I watched this movie, <laughs> Lawn Dogs, this week. What? Um, Lawn Dogs? That's what, the Sam Rockwell one with Misha Oh, Martin. right. <laughs> so it's Sam Rockwell, which is why I watched it. Um, it was 1997, so he's a little, a wee little babe. Wow. And uh, it was okay. It was bas- basically the premise of the movie... It was a very, very indie film, and I think 90s indie films were even more indie than what we consider indie films now. (laughs) It was just, like, all about class, like, he mows the people's lawns in this fancy community, and they're, it's almost like a, an Edward Scissorhands-looking community, just the way, Mm. it almost looks dystopian in a way, like, unrealistic, kind of creepy, even though it's beautiful and everybody there's really rich, but it was just, there would be these tiny things, like... The little girl is like, oh, mom, can I go bring Trent, which is Sam Rockwell, can I go bring him some water? She's like, why? And she goes, well, because he's thirsty, probably. It's hot out there. And she goes to grab one of the glasses her mom is cleaning, and her mom says, no, 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 grab the one under the sink, which is like the dirty glass. And so she get like washes it out and gives it to Sam Rockwell. But then when she goes over to Sam Rockwell's house, to his parents' house, they're going to have lemonade, and Sam Rockwell's mom says, oh, can you go grab some glasses? And she reaches the for the... nice china. Exactly. Oh. And she reaches for the plastic ones, and the mom goes, no, grab the nice ones. And it's just little things like... So it yeah. was pretty basic, but it was cute. And um, Courtney and I watched Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. And that was really fun. Upon watching it, I will say, I think this is the one, at this point in the series, this is probably the one that Courtney and I picked fun at the most. <laughs> like, I feel like but we I made fun of it a lot. It. <laughs> I do love it. It's because I don't like Joss Whedon. <laughs> but that doesn't mean there aren't a lot of flaws, so I do understand why this is one that people shit on, but I still had a fabulous time watching I it. If anything, all the bad screenwriting stuff was really funny. <laughs> like how she's a monster, just like Bruce Banner. Because she can't there. Children. We've uh, talked about that so many times. <laughs> I guess that's probably our biggest gripe with any movie to come out in the past ten years. I guess just because... It's just like such a deterrent from what you can make of that character. Well, but yeah. here's the thing that we were saying, too, is that, yes, that's sad. Yes, that's traumatizing. You can still have that be a thing in the story and have that be this bonding moment between the two of you. But you can't relate that to being a monster. You didn't do anything. You didn't murder people on accident because you're barren. Like, (laughs) the the analogy doesn't work, and it was so weird and not okay. But the movie was really fun, and the 
the sacrifice of Quicksilver really got me this time. Yeah. Yeah. And because I didn't... I'm sure I noticed it the first time, but it's a callback to what Jeremy Renner says. Oh. Bet you didn't see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's a bummer. Um, but I mostly wanted to talk about Matchstick Men, nice. which I already talked about a little bit with you guys, but I did write down a couple other things I wanted to say. I loved Matchstick Men. It's Sam Rockwell and Nicolas Cage, and they're con artists, and it was a dope movie, and it's, like, got all the things that I want. I did tell Courtney that I didn't love the ending. Kind of made me mad, but I think it was still a great movie. And something that I found funny is I was telling Courtney and Kimmy that they had... So I have the DVD of it, and on the DVD they have, like, a whole documentary about the making of the film that's probably, like, an hour long, and I watched the whole thing. In the credits, it says that the executive producer on the film is Robert Zemeckis, who slaps his name on everything. Mm -hmm. He didn't show up in the documentary once. What does an executive producer do, you guys? Apparently not come to the manifest panel at Comic (laughs) Con. Uh, I just wanted to say that this made me think, and the girls know this, but that I really want to find a Sam Rockwell movie that neither of them have seen that has just as Mm -hmm. much dope behind-the-scenes stuff because I was bummed that Courtney had seen Matchstick Man, because now I know all these fun facts about it. Sorry. It's not not your fault. You're the reason I watched it at all, because you said it was good. Um, Really like that movie. Yay. Moving on to questions? Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, so we, uh, before we begin every movie explanation, we come up with questions related to the movie, so that we can discuss other movies. So our first question of the week, because Midsummer is a folk horror story, which really involves a group of outsiders coming to somewhere or other um, and being picked off one by one. (laughs) Um, We decided on what is your favorite ensemble of people in a horror movie? Or it can just be one you love. It doesn't have to be your favorite favorite. Um, So I'm going to give one my honorable mention because I want to like have one be the reigning champ. But this one is honorable mention because I, in my head I was thinking it was four people. It's actually only three people. The Blair Witch Project mm. has three people, and they're pretty much in it the whole time, and that movie was revolutionary for horror and for found footage, Yes, and it is very scary. Not as scary, because I watched it so much later, and I knew it wasn't found footage, and I, you But know, those people committed. Yeah. Yeah, they, they dropped did. off the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah. They had missing posters of themselves up. They, they went really? for it. They did. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. they didn't talk to their families. They yeah. also, like, kind of, like, endured a lot of hardships while filming and were, like, authentically irritable with one another. Well, didn't, like, didn't people kind of, not play pranks isn't the right word, but people would, like, shake their tent and stuff to freak them out. Too. I heard that, like, yeah. passersby would no, do that? Like no, their, like, their directors. set people and stuff. They Rude. would, like, make <laughs> them go sleep out there and then, like... Very Stanley make, Kubrick. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah like, oh, yeah. Stanley Kubrick seems like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just, like, you know, there's such thing as acting. I don't know if yeah. you heard of it. It, but it's like none of know. us here support the method acting. We don't. We it's all just hate like, it. Just you know, use your imagination, <laughs> or cast somebody else who's more capable if you're not getting what you want. I'm just like, all right, moving on. <laughs> so that's my honorable mention because it's so few people. But it I is do very think few. that's is, what I thought, and I was like, oh, yeah. it's too few of you. So my real answer is Scream. That's I love Scream. One of mine. That's is my, that? uh, yeah, oh, honorable cool, mention. That was going to be my main one, oh. but I guess I'll change it. <laughs> uh, I just really like the cast. It's packed with awesome people. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, the bad guy turns out to be Sco- or Shaggy. 
But yeah, that one is a very picked off one by one type of vibe. Yes. It also, you know, struck gold for the horror genre mm-hmm. of being very, what's the word? Very trend setting in the type of horror that it was. And it was, it's an iconic slasher. Yes. And it's also pretty campy and fun. I love Gale Weathers. <laughs> Which one? Oh, Courtney oh, Cox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, I'll say that Scream was one of my honorable, uh, one of my honorable mentions along with Friday the Thirteenth, just because the I un- loved watching that with you guys. I did love watching it with you. They're just so you know, adorably stupid. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're so charmingly dumb. And just really not smart when it comes to. <laughs> you ever seen that commercial where they're like, "Oh, I love Quick, that guy." Go run commercial. to the cemetery or like, let's, "Oh yeah, yeah, let's yeah." Go to the shack let's hide behind chainsaws. the chainsaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like that's what it feels like. Yeah, it's yeah. Like they're just so like, you know, no one's really trying. It's like, oh, uh, oh, yeah. you, you got killed. Oh, yeah. you know. Um, it's only sad at Kevin Bacon's death. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I like I. You know, I think it's adorable. That's honorable mention. But my Friday the Thirteenth hashtag adorable. (laughs) Um, My answer is um, the ensemble cast from It Follows, Mm. and not only is it a really good movie for what it represents and the metaphors and all that, um, I think it's incredibly scary. It's just such an ominous and scary horror. Like it's like. You, if you pass it on, then you're still kind of looking over your shoulder because yeah. you're banking on the person that you gave it to not dying yeah. so that it comes to you. Yeah, you it's kind of like everyone is yeah. afflicted. Yeah. It, it's, and you're, you're just going to be worried about it forever and ever, and I think that's horrifying. And also, I just appreciate this ensemble of people because they're all pretty smart. And they're all, not, they're, not any of them really have a horrible flaw and they're, they all just seem pretty smart and helpful, and, like, they're all on board to help her. Yeah. And they're... They all believe her, too. They all believe her, and they just decide to go on this big adventure, like, journey with her. And I just think, you know, that's the kind of support that a leading girl in a horror movie needs. I like know? that. Does she have sex with him? She does. Like, with her she has sex guy? with the guy... With the nerdy boy, Kieran they, Gilchrist. They end up doing that, like, on purpose, so that they never know who has it. And they're, like, in it yeah. together. But she also has sex with the, with the other hot guy. She's like, he's like, I'll take it from you. and But he dies. But then the other cute guy, he's like, I'll be your hero and we can be together and look out for this thing. And it ends together. with them, like, walking down the sidewalk, but they're being followed. Yeah, yeah and you I don't know which I... one is being followed. So okay. then when the guy, like, when they're holding hands and being followed, you don't know which of them is actually being followed. So they've had sex multiple times. And yeah. it's like, oh. I think that's just their plan, yeah. Yeah. They're in a relationship now. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Um, my answer was Scream, but it was like they were all kind of tied because yeah. I, 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 for some reason, feel like I only have honorable mentions for this, so I'll go with my next honorable mention, which House of Wax. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can vividly remember watching that over and over again in high school, and there's like you know like when you have a DVD and you press the the back button and it'll like start the scene over yep. but sometimes you'll get caught in like a time loop where you'll keep yep, pressing yep. the back button you can't do it fast and enough. it'll get like stuck and stuck um I remember doing it and like I was fine with it because it was I was like oh that's so good it was when um Chad Michael Murray bursts in to save his sister and uh because she's like you know tied to a chair and her lips have been like hot glued together Ugh. um and he like, kicks open a door and I was like oh so sexy um <laughs> yo is it Chad Michael Murray or Jared Padalecki it's both both 
Oh, they're both in the movie? Chad Murray's the hero. Oh. <laughs> Jared Padalecki is the one who's the... in the House of Wax as it's melting. Right, right. Yes, Jared Padalecki is the one who's in the House of Wax as a wax figure. God darn. And his girlfriend comes up and... not his... One Don't of them forget comes up that Paris Hilton's in it, everyone. And yes, accidentally... Did never you know forget. that the tagline for that movie was called See Paris Die? <gasps> that was their major marketing ploy, is that you could see Paris die. And that's like what people flocked to the theater for. I mean, Man, it was a I pretty still crazy think, death. Yeah, yeah, I still think about her death scene all the time. It's the gnarly. fucking Achilles right heel, Achilles oh, tendon shit. That, and then she gets Freaks the pole through the, the head. pole right through the yeah. eye. Anyways, I loved that movie in high school. I loved it so much. I would watch it over and over again. That's so funny. Um, and I asked for it for Christmas one year for my grandma. And bless her soul, my grandma got me House of Wax for Christmas, but she bought me the 1953 I was going to say, did she buy you a wrong version? She bought me the one with Vincent Price, and I was like, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I wanted. Love this. Uh, and I actually don't think I ever took the cellophane off of it. <laughs> it was still wrapped. You should have watched it. What if it was your favorite movie? It wouldn't have been. Um... And then I think my actual, um, or maybe one more honorable mention would be Cabin in the Woods mm. as a dope movie. I want to put that on my list, but I haven't fucking seen it. You haven't seen it? No. Oh, I, I want totally to see spoil it. all of it. It's got a great uh, cast and a fun twist. And yeah. um, I mean, I know what the twist is. Oh, okay. But um, I still want to see it. I heard it was really, it's really good. good. My actual answer is Final Destination. Good. All of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> because they are all ensemble-based horror. Yeah. It is all about a group of people going, um, surviving a, Getting a tragedy. Away. Yeah, and then death coming right back around for them. Uh, the first one is an airplane crash that they all end up getting off the airplane, and so they survive it, but then death comes for them. The second one... Do you have one, a favorite one? The third one. Okay. Because the second one is, is a highway pileup, which yeah. is just too much. My favorite one, though, is... Final Destination 3, just because Mary Elizabeth Winstead yeah. and uh, Ryan Merriman, guys. Luck of the Irish. Oh, uh, yeah. And I like that one because it's a roller coaster. And uh, I remember being a kid and not being afraid of roller coasters because I was like, I'm invincible. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, no. You're I like, one screw falls out and I die. Yeah. Uh, so I really liked the uh, inciting action of that movie yeah. and then everything that followed. Yeah. And I just think it's fun to have a movie like that where you're trying to get creative with death. Like, that's the whole point. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that one gets really creative. Somebody gets, like, a nail gun to the head. My favorite one is, is that one we talked about, the gym. Because you oh, think it's going to be the, the swords, swords to the face. Yeah. yeah. The worst one, obviously. And I don't know how people go into tanning beds after seeing oh, Final I, Every time I go in a tanning bed, which is very far and few between, like, I think about it. Like, so good job, Don't go in a tanning makers. bed. <laughs> it's like, you really... I'm like, okay, no cabinets are, like, close to it. Like, there's a way to, for me to get out. Like, uh, yeah, I, it plagues me. <laughs> the next question, um, because Kimmy actually discovered this fun fact about Midsummer. You want to share it? As we were leaving the theater, and it's not really a spoiler because Ari Aster gave this same line in many an interview before yes. the movie came out. So go ahead. People were eager to know, Ari Aster, what is Midsummer about? What is it going to be about? And... For many press junkets, all he really said was, it's a story about a breakup. It's, mm. it's about a breakup. And, which, Courtney and I were talking about that being, like, really genius. You know? To simplify your magnificent story down yeah. to, like, a one-liner, it's, like, 
if you know how you're aiding your story if you know how to explain it in simple terms. It really yeah. does. If you can look at something like the Babadook and say it's about grief. It's about grief, yeah. It's like, yes, it is. And I think mm-hmm. that's what uh, makes storytelling so, like, storytellers, it makes them, like, a step above. And yeah. they become brilliant when they can really get to the root of what it is about as opposed to being mm-hmm. like, it's about, you know, a group of friends who go to Sweden, right, but right. It's like, no, that's not what it's about. Right. Come come to, like, a root idea. And <laughs> to have to dig into something so deeply to think, like, for example, the Babadook, like, mm-hmm. what is at the root of grief? What are the things you experience? What does it feel like on a deeper level? But to also, make a whole film around yeah. it. Having, like, such a simple, like, tag for what it's going to be and expanding on that until you have a fully fleshed out horror movie. Yeah. It's amazing. And there's so much, uh, I can't wait to discuss this movie, there's so much detail and there's so many plot elements where it's like, yes. Yeah. Um, but our final question before we get into that is, name a couple whose relationship is volatile. They are clearly not right for one another. They might be one another's demise or you simply hate them. <laughs> I would like to start again if that's okay. Sure. Yes. So, I have, first of all, I found this kind of difficult at first because I had a lot of really good examples, but they were based on true stories, so I didn't want to pick them. For mm-hmm. example, Fosse Verdon. Mm-hmm. For example, Itania. Mm-hmm. And I really like both of those, but I was like, that doesn't feel fair because it's a real relationship that it's based on, and mm-hmm. so someone didn't make it up for the right. story. Oh, Itania, that's heartbreaking. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, so I have a couple honorable mentions. One of them I wanted to say first because if Courtney wasn't going to say it, Gone Girl is, is a volatile I was going to say it because guess what today is, friends? Today <laughs> is Gone Girl Day. July 5th, a.k.a. the morning of, a.k.a. the morning that Amy goes missing. <laughs> Happy July 5th. It's better than Independence Day in my opinion. <laughs> Fireworks, where are they? Um, my other honorable mention, and the reason it's not my pick is just because we've mentioned it so many times on the podcast, is Kill Bill. At the end of the day, they do love each other, mm. and they have a real relationship, and that's kind of where the killing stems from, but they're always trying to kill each other, and um, they also are assassins and don't have a healthy life or relationship. Mm-hmm. So my real answer is Phantom Thread. Mmm, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> uh. Uh. I, I put <laughs> mushrooms in the omelet. <laughs> Damn. Um, I love Phantom Thread. I don't love Phantom Thread. I love Phantom Thread. But I uh, love their commitment, and I love how much they think that they're the most magnificent human beings in the world. And it's, in a way, kind of how Fosse Verdon felt, where it's like, ah, yes, I'm the most magnificent creator. And she's like, yeah, and I'm the most beautiful woman ever. (laughs) And Without him, you'd be nothing. I'm your muse. And then he's like, yeah, make me sick again. I love that. Oh, I don't know. I was pretty giddy watching it the whole time. I was like, poison him. Do it. It's a good yeah. answer. Yeah. Okay, so my honorable mention is Frank and April from Revolutionary Road. Oh, hell yes. I saw that on a list, but I've never oh, seen that movie. Oh, my never seen it? gosh. Ooh, it's terribly sad. There's certain things I really remember from that movie that got me. It was like when he comes home from the affair and they've made like the happy birthday for him. Yeah. And he's like, he feels so guilty. Yeah, careful. Oh, it's okay. He cheats on Kate Winslet with Zoe Kazan. Mm-hmm. Oh, Zoe Kazan's in it. Is and she she's really a young? Baby. Yeah. 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 
and then and just their their fight where he's like, why don't you just leave me if you hate me so much? If you touch me again, I will scream. That's the same scene. And he, yeah, but he touches her and she just she goes she, she goes nuts really and she loud. screams in his face and, and she, she won't smile. Who's the actor? Kate Winslet, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Oh, it's Leo again? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know so it was Leo So this was their again. reunion. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Because a lot of people, you know, don't like it because the hype was so big Ooh. for them being together again, and it's just, it's not the same relationship as Titanic. No, that's but that's fun. the thing, is I, because I'm a diehard Titanic fan, and so I really liked it when I first saw it, of the yeah. two of them together, but then watching it, like, as an adult now, and um, they're also supposed to be only 30. They're not 30. I, they're so fucking old. They just, they seem so old, and I get that it's, you know, the 50s or the 60s, but I was just like, what is your deal? Mm-hmm. Can you make a grown-up decision? Yeah. And, yeah. It's Michael Shannon's while. great in that, because he just tears Ooh. the two of them a new one. He's Love like, you both suck, and he's he's like an unhinged man who's just gotten back from, like, a rehabilitation yeah. facility. Kathy Bates is his mom. Yeah. Yeah, what a stacked cast. It's really yeah. good. Um, that, in that regard. <laughs> My real answer, though, is Jack Twist and Ennis Del Mar from Brokeback Mountain. They love each other. They can't stop thinking about each other. Maybe if circumstances were different, their relationship would have been normal. Absolutely, Kayleen. <laughs> Absolutely. And ultimately, it, depending on how you watch the movie, it doesn't work out, of course. Yeah. And leads to one of their deaths, Potentially. You know, depending on how you uh, it. watch it. Yeah, he, he was killed in a hate crime because he was gay, right? Okay, so I'm glad that you said that because uh, this is one of my favorite facts about the movie. When Anne Hathaway's character calls up Ennis Del Mar to tell him about the death of Jack Twist, uh, they the director uh, uh, recorded her saying, in this take... It was a hate crime. Wow. Mm. In this take, it wasn't, and it was an accident. And they actually splice both takes <gasps> into the movie. How would they do that? Because they, they like it's, a it's conversation, not all in one so take. Parts, oh. parts. It's a phone okay. call. Okay. Uh, and uh, so it's kind of left Mixed. up to you decide because they sweep it under the rug Genius. as to whether or not it's true or false. And I just think that's fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, that's filmmaking, you guys. And <laughs> that's just fucking awesome. Ugh. Wow. So, yeah, it's left up to interpretation. So, depending on how you watch the movie, their relationship maybe killed them. So, that's really what good I think. That's just so tragic. I know. I know. It's one of, one of my favorite movies, I think, in the world. And um, it's just, I think it's a beautiful piece of art. The music is great. The performances are great. The filmmaking is just amazing. It's one of my faves. Wow, y'all. My answers are going to be just so pedestrian after that. (laughs) But I'm excited. Honorable mention goes out to... Jacob with Edward and Bella's baby. Oh my god. Gross. That's your explanation. Just <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, ew. <laughs> you make that my baby after the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> Iconic. Alrighty. Iconic? My actual answer. <laughs> the couple is just as infuriating. It is yes. 
Anakin Skywalker and Padme Amidala. <laughs> because we just watched the prequels we and did. it is so much yikes. It oh. is. It Literally, is. Anakin is like up to Padme and he's touching her and she goes, don't look at me like that. Don't touch me. It makes me uncomfortable. And I was like, yes, queen. Like she just says it right to his face. But then in the next scene, he's like, I hate sand. <laughs> it's coarse and rough and gets everywhere. Not like you. <laughs> and then she just somehow stares in his eyes, and then they're rolling around making out in yeah. a meadow. Honestly, like, Anakin is the ultimate fuckboy. Like, mm. he's like, will not take no for an answer. They also cast, like, I wouldn't call Christensen him a... is cute, but he has a fuckboy face. He's got a fuckboy <laughs> face. I wouldn't call him a fuckboy. I feel like a fuckboy actually, like, gets the attention of women, and then they just don't know how to use it. I don't know and if they... that's always true. Fuckboys are always just trying to fuck. Really? Boys. I just feel like he's more like a like an incel like he's just he's scary and like yikes yeah he's ugh. just like you know like really uncomfortably persistent mm-hmm. and they made Padme's character be like no I'm like a senator I'm really smart and this is like my path and now suddenly she's like oh uh, oh actually all of that like defense was actually because I love you so much yeah hard cut to her being like I would die without you Anakin oh yes Anakin, yeah. you're breaking my heart. There's just like no character development as far as their chemistry goes. It's like I don't like you. Oh, I do. Like you know, I'm ten million years older than you, and now suddenly I'm not. So also, I forgot about this. The whole time in the in the second one, Padme's like, "You're always gonna be that little boy that I used to know, Anakin. That little little boy. You're just like so little." Remember when you were just Remember a when kid? you were one year younger than yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then now they're mapping. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, no. It's a whole lot of yikes, that movie. Z- yeah, that relationship, yucky. <laughs> Does that rise in a word? Yucky. Uh, and so that's my answer. Cool. That's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so moving on to midsummer. As we begin our explanation, we always start with the noob who has not seen the movie, <laughs> Kayleen. <laughs> What I'm do you? So excited. I know. What do you think this movie is about? I'm really excited to predict because I've been so I kind of do this with not all horror films, but with some horror films where I'm really intrigued and I really want to know what's going on, but I'm still too scared to go see it. So mm-hmm. I've been watching. Anytime there's a new promo trailer that pops up on like Instagram, I go watch it because I'm interested. So I feel like I have a lot of clues. Okay. So. I know there's a group of friends. I know there's Florence Pugh. I know there's her boyfriend. I know there's Cheaty from The Good Place. I know there's Will Poulter. That's his yeah. name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's some other dude. And I think the some other dude is the one who's like, let's go to the Midsummer Festival. Mm-hmm. And Florence Pugh's boyfriend wanted to break up with her because I know that's a thing in the trailer where they're like, dude, I thought you didn't want to be with her anymore or something like that. Yeah. And... Somehow they go to this festival because the one guy's been there a bunch. And he's like, guys, come with me. So they go, but he kind of, Florence Pugh's boyfriend kind of forces her into it. She didn't really know they were going. He just kind of did it without her. This seems like it's going to be a big old metaphor for abusive relationships. And I feel like all the shitty, scary stuff that happens is going to tie into him being a bad, abusive boyfriend. Because he seems like he is not nice to her, and he takes her for granted, and anyway, he forces her to come to this thing. So now they go to Sweden, and they're on this trip. I, I've also heard it's funny. You guys even said it was funny. I feel like maybe there will even be some shenanigans on the plane, 
and then they're gonna <laughs> get to Sweden, and everyone at this Midsummer Festival is gonna be fucking weird. And I know there's a lot of people there. I know there's gonna be some sacrifice stuff. You guys said they're gonna do a lot of drugs. So I think they're going to get there, and the boyfriend's just going to kind of abandon her because he's going to want to do his own thing at the Midsummer Festival because he doesn't care about her. He's just there to have fun with his friends, and he's going to kind of leave her in the dust, which, you know, is kind of a thing that happens in real life with couples. Like, if, you know, if you're going to a party yeah. and you don't know anyone there, and then you just kind of get abandoned, I feel like it's going to be something like that but on a scary level, where she kind of gets abandoned and stuck hanging out with people she doesn't know or like, but they're going to be scary-ass, druggy people who are trying to, like, sacrifice her. <laughs> and think somehow it's either going to tie to, like, a tragic event, something to do with the boyfriend, or maybe not. But I think it's all about how he's shitty, and what else can I predict? Make some outlandish predictions. I know there's, like, some person with big lips. So I feel like there's like this, there, in the trailer there's like a scary person with like a puffy face. Oh, so like a, the facial deformity. Facial deformity. I think it's going to be that a person that they've held captive there for years and oh. years and it's the person they like keep torturing year after year. And that's like, I don't know, the final person she meets and they're like, get out of here or something. Hmm. Or maybe they're going to try to Maybe the pace, the person with the facial deformity is going to try to, like, trap her so that she has to stay and get Ooh. tortured every year and they get to run free or something. I think there will be at least one scene in the dark, but only because they'll be in, like, a, a shed. Because I know it's mm. daytime all the time. There's a midnight sun. I'm just really excited to know what mind trippy stuff's going to happen. I'm cool. excited to make my halftime predictions, too. Yeah. Okay, that'll be good. Yeah. Before we begin, I will say that we've got, um... We've got less of a jump start than most people who are going to end up, you know, coming out with this podcast in a few weeks if they want to review Midsummer because mm. we're having to do kind of extensive research on our own or oh, from yeah. a lot of our own personal knowledge or from only one watch. But we're also going to um, be discussing a lot of lore and a lot of um, Swedish terms. So just a little disclaimer. I'm sorry if I pronounce things wrong. Um, I'm only a few percent fluent <laughs> on Duolingo for Swedish. I can say Kvin Andrikavin. That means the women drink wine. <laughs> Just pardon our, our poor pronunciations and such. And let's get this going. So the movie opens on a storybook illustration panel. Cool. So um, Courtney uh, pointed out that, remember when we used to watch... Like Shrek, older, they have that. Yeah, like Shrek. Yeah, but more like Disney. Like more old like Disney, Disney yeah. like Sleeping Beauty type. And I believe it's like four or five panels. I like. I think it's four. Yes. They actually okay. go down it in reverse order, I think. Which is what they do later in the movie when we see that other sheet. Yeah. Then we go to snow falling over these elegant shots of Sweden. And a beautiful acapella song in Swedish is playing over. It's very haunting and really sets the mood. And we come to a totally different area. It's a suburban neighborhood in America. And an old couple is sound asleep in their bed. And their phone is ringing, but they're asleep, so they don't answer the phone. Mm -hmm. On the other end of the call is our main character, Danny. That's Florence Pugh. Okay. Who is amazing. She's amazing. Acting-wise, I'm saying. She's yeah. calling. Incredible. She looks really anxious and frustrated, and she leaves voicemail for her parents. She says, hey, Mom and Dad, it's me. 
I was just calling to like check in. Terry, who is her sister, oh. left, you know, she emailed me like kind of a sketchy email and I heard that you guys were kind of like having a tiff. So just called to ch- make sure everything was okay. Love you. Call me back. Okay. She is pretty anxious. She's, yeah. It's not, it's not really cavalier. It it's emergency. No. It's emergency level. She's holding back tears. Oh. She's kind of freaked out. She goes to her computer and there's the email. We get to see the email that Ooh. her sister Terry sent her and it says, I can't anymore. Everything's black. Mom and dad are coming too. Goodbye. Mom and dad are coming too? T-O-O? Yeah. yeah. Mom and dad are coming too. Goodbye. Danny looks at this for a while and she seems like really reluctant, but eventually she calls up Christian, who is her boyfriend. Okay. And it's a really awkward talk. He doesn't really even answer the phone until like the fourth ring. What's cool is we don't so see him either. So they don't live together. It doesn't appear that way. No, and no, I think don't. later he says, I'm going to go back to my place or something like that. Okay. I know I'm jumping ahead, but I know they say, like, we've been together for three years or something, so that's odd. And she corrects him and says, actually, it's four years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This shot is all in a super close-up of Danny and we, and for her, for the phone call for the whole time. It's a one shot of a close-up of her face. I like it because we never see him. Yeah. (laughs) Another filmmaker would probably cut to him and show him, but instead he's just this, like, dissonant voice. Yeah, no one cares. (laughs) Yeah. And she's putting on a good face for him, too. She's pulling back her tears. Mm. She's trying to be really calm when she talks. And she says, hey, I was just checking in that you still wanted to hang out later. And he said, oh, I didn't really know that we were still trying to hang out later. She says, "Um, oh, yeah, you know, we didn't talk about it concretely. But I think, you know, that I'm going to come hang out with you soon. And he says, okay. And there's kind of like a really weird pause and like they're kind of skirting around the major issue here and he finally says how's the shit with your sister going and she goes well yeah not great um i'm really worried i left her like three emails and she still hasn't responded and he says you gotta calm down and stop worrying about this crap she's always doing this she's always doing this to you and wrapping her wrapping you up in her drama and you go straight into like worry mode and he says something along the lines of, she does this to you every other day, and you let her. And she says, I don't let her, she's bipolar. Mm. And at the same time, he is talking right over, and he's like, yeah, I know, whatever. And it's like, he clearly doesn't understand it, and he yeah. doesn't understand mm-hmm. what maybe her highs and lows are like, or that right. maybe right mm-hmm. now she could be, like, manic, or she could be depressed, and Danny clearly has to be on the receiving end of this, and they don't live in the same state either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna say, it seems like my prediction was gonna be that she's in Sweden. He also doesn't oh. seem to understand, like, the unconditional love that people have for their siblings. Yeah. And if I wouldn't, you know, doubt it that he's an only child, although that's never explored. She says, oh, you know, you're right. I just needed to be reminded of that. Thank you oh. so much. And you're you're the best. Does she say this sincerely? She's she's no. doing it out of she's um, putting on a face obligation. For him. A yeah. but, face. but she's trying to make it sound sincere. She's not doing it sarcastically rude. Oh no, no. she's trying no. to make it sound sincere. She says, "I'm so lucky to have oh, you." Oh, that's so sad. Then she immediately hangs up and calls her friend to vent. And she says, I'm concerned he wants to break up with me. I can hear it in his voice. It's been like this for a really long time. We never see the girlfriend either. So it's just Mm. these like really long shots of Danny on the phone and clearly going through it. And she's getting more and more worked up. And she's, oh my gosh, she's saying, 
what if I scare him off? What if I talk too much about my family drama? What if I lean on him too much? And she keeps saying that phrase of lean on him too much. And the girlfriend is like, what? That's what he's there for. And I leaned to Kimmy because um, Danny is saying, you know, what if I lean too heavily? What if I'm too much for him? What if I'm asking too much of him? And I was like, here's the real horror of the movie. Because <laughs> I was like, that's my biggest fear in relationships. Mm. Is that I'm too much or that, you know, you're too scared or yeah. um, that you're putting too much on your partner. And so it was really, really sad to hear her saying all this. And her girlfriend is just so... Uh, you know, she's a hard ass, and she's like, Danny, he's your boyfriend. Yeah. Can yeah. you just, he's your boyfriend. He needs to deal with it. Too yeah. bad. Like, he has to. It's, it sucks to be him. She pops an Ativan. What does that do? It's like a, it's like a Xanax. It's like okay. an antidepressant, anti-anxiety medicine. Okay. She also emails her sister for the fourth time, and after she hangs up with her friend, she gets a phone call from an unknown number. Now mm. we jump to Christian at the pizza place. With all of his buddies. His buddies are Chidi from The Good Place. William Jackson Harper. His name is Josh in the movie. And eyebrows guy, Will Bolter. <laughs> That's what I think of him as. Yeah. yeah. His name is Mark. And then the tall, dark-haired guy who we don't really know, his name is Pele. Okay, so we have Danny. What's her boyfriend's name? Christian. 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 And then we have Josh. Mm-hmm. And then we have Mark. And Pele. Pele. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a hard one. And yeah. an interesting thing um, is that this group of boys, aside from Pele, who you'll find out is the outsider, he's he's not from this friend group. Okay. But these three boys, they all have very Christian names. They're, they've oh, got yeah, very biblical right. Christian names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're complaining to him about how clingy and emotional Danny is, and they're like, dude, you've been wanting to break up with her for a year. Mm-hmm. You really need to do that. Christian kind of feels the pressure from his friends. But it also seems like he would feel guilty about doing the breakup, but also kind of like he's not really invested in the relationship and that he's pretty on the fence. He is a wishy-washy person. Mm -hmm. That is all that he is. That's all that's to him. Okay, so Um, he's not aggressively either way. Oh, not even kind of. Um, The friends are all doing it, and you kind of get to see their personalities because Mark, who is Will Poulter, he is aggressive. He's mm-hmm. he's disgusted by Danny. He calls her abusive oh. and says, "This is abuse. Her doing all of this to you and making you like be her therapist." And Christian mm-hmm. says, "Well, she has a therapist." And he's like, "It's abuse. I hate it." But they talk about their their PhD programs cuz these are grad school students mm-hmm. and um they talk about, you know, like don't deal with her. You should focus on your your thesis. You should focus on this um and developing an idea for your thesis. Because he hasn't yet. Yes. And it's kind of cutting it close. Gotcha. Yes. And then... He gets another phone call. It's from Danny. Again. They all see her name pop up on his phone and they, like, collectively grow. Yeah. All his friends are like, dude, are you serious? I can't believe she's doing that again. Like, you should just fucking break up with her right now. My goodness. And Christian answers the phone anyways. Says, hey, what's up? And all you hear is Danny and she's crying horribly. She's wailing, she's saying no, 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 like, so much. She's just, it's the worst cry ever. Now we're back at the house from the beginning, the suburban house, and there's firemen there. They are turning the ignitions off of the two cars in the garage. We follow tubes that are connected to the ignitions. There's two garden hoses shoved up the exhaust exhaust pipes pipes. of the cars. They're leading up all the way to the parents' room where they're actually dead. And they're not sleeping, they're just dead. 
They died of carbon monoxide oh poisoning. Oh my god! And the other one. So they did it to themselves. No, no, it is inferred that the hose is jammed up against their door, and so they were just asleep <gasps> when they were poisoned with carbon monoxide coming mm-hmm. into their bedroom. Oh my gosh. The other one leads to Terry's room, where she has duct taped and masked the other um, pipe to her own mouth. So she must have done it. It's a murder-suicide. And it's really grotesque. The the garden hose is duct taped into her mouth, and there's barf coming out the sides of her face because she's choked on it, and Mm -hmm. carbon monoxide should be like a a slow but painless death because you're just breathing it in and you don't realize it, but she did it to like the fullest extent of literally choking on the fumes, whereas the parents likely just just died. They died in their sleep from the same carbon monoxide. What's sad is that it looks like she committed the murder-suicide right away after sending Danny the email because none of Danny's responses have been opened. I see. Now we jump to Danny being cradled by Christian in their apartment, Uh. and she's doing the Ari Aster cry. Yes, so in Hereditary, uh, spoilers for Hereditary, after Annie loses her daughter Charlie and has to find her headless body in the car, <laughs> I, I just asked Kimmy, I was like, do you think Ari Aster just tells women the circumstances, puts a camera on them, and says, as long as you need, babe, and just <laughs> yeah. lets them go? Because it gets to the point of these animalistic, wailing, crying, yeah. horrible, mm. always rocking back and forth. It's just so primal. It is that this yeah. person is going through, like, the deepest level yeah. of pain. And so that's what we get with Florence it Pugh. It makes you sick feeling. Like, and yeah. it, they also do it for, like, way too long. It's like, a long shot. Obviously, the boyfriend who's just holding her helplessly. Yeah. At least... I'm glad, at least so far, that he's not, like, aggressively mean. He's just there. No, he's not. He's yeah. not gonna be either. Okay. It's his, it's that he is so vanilla. Yeah. And so <laughs> okay. bland and so indecisive. And then it is summer. It is no longer winter. And Danny is asleep in her bed and Christian kind of wakes her up and she's concerned, like, where are you going? And he says, oh, I'm just gonna go to that party just for, like, 45 minutes. And it's, it's clear that she's obviously been very depressed for the past however many months, yeah. and she's been... Uh, it, it's, it's nighttime, but she's still in bed, and he's saying, no, stay home and sleep, but she says, no, I want to go to the party with you. And so they go to a party. They're all kind of talking about their summer plans, and Danny is pretty quiet. She's uh, just standing there in the group circle, and they're all talking, and at some point, Mark mentions what they are all going to do over summer. Now, they're excited. They all get to go to Sweden. Oh, no. And Danny looks from him to Christian and back and forth, and Christian's kind of nodding and smiling, and she says, what? And just the fact that he didn't tell her, and she's saying, well, when are are you going? When are you going? And uh, Josh says, like, June to July? And she says, "That's, that's in two weeks. That's, wow. Yeah. What? What? And so, obviously, Do they what? say it as in they are going sans her? Or yes. It, yeah. Oh. Like, they were kind of keeping it from her or I expected see. that Christian had already told her, but he hasn't. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. He's been keeping it from her. And Got it. They kind of spilled the beans at the party. Got it. Now they're back at their house mm-hmm. in a fight. Which Danny is the is weirdest just, fight. It's a weird fight because it is so apologetic from both parties. Uh, That's a mm-hmm. lie. Danny is apologetic. Yeah. Danny doesn't want to be coming down hotter than her boyfriend. Yeah. And Christian is not apologizing, mm-hmm. but saying, 
He's denying it. He's he's saying, like, I said I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but but he doesn't mean it. And she's yeah. got a great line of, yeah. you're saying I'm sorry, but what it really sounds like is too bad. Mm. He, he has no good excuse. They've been together four years. You tell your partner when you're going to leave for an entire month. Right. Uh, you might not leave your partner. You would invite them, within, for sure. Within the year that they lost their entire family. Yeah. She's got no parents, she has no sister, and you're going to go to Sweden just, like, for right. fun. She's always, it seems like she's always trying to prevent a breakup. Yeah. So she's always catering to him. Yes. Says, no, no, I don't, I don't really need an apology, actually. Like, I'm really excited that you're going. Like, are you going for your thesis? Oh. And the camera is, like, using all sides of the walls. Oh, cool. There's cool, like, mirror shots where they're talking to each other, but you can see the other person's reflection. Mm. It's, it's really great. They kind of leave their fight. They just leave it. They table yeah. it. Um, and then... Christian is with all of his friends at what is likely his apartment. They're all there together, and it's probably the next couple days or something, and there's a buzz at the door, Um, and so he goes and he says, that's Danny. None of them knew she was coming over, and they're kind of like, okay, cool, fine, because none of them like her. It's really sad. That is sad. Um, And Christian follows that up with, by the way, I I invited her to Sweden. It's just the fact that Christian is this bad of a person. He's that bad of a boyfriend and that bad of a friend. Right, I was going to say, he won't tell her, but he also won't tell them. Yeah, so he says, I invited her, and they're like, are you kidding? And he says, she's not going to come. I invited her to be polite. Danny comes in, and all the friends are like, hey. Ugh. And um, she's like, excited for Sweden, right? And they're pissed. <laughs> but she she tells them that she is going to Sweden. Cool. Uh, the he, friends kind of drift off. They One's like, I'm going to the bathroom. One's like, Christian, can I talk to you? And so she gets left behind on the couch with Pele. Mm. Pele is from Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. They're the reason, uh, he's the reason why they're going. They're yeah. going to his village. Okay. So and, that's, that's the character I was referring to when yes. I said he's the one. Yeah. yeah. He's like an exchange student, it okay. seems like. And that he's bonded with these people. And because of Josh's thesis, which is about... That kind of culture. Josh is chitty, and he wants to write his PhD thesis on Midsummer Festivals. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. So he's going to go to London, uh, maybe Spain, somewhere else, and obviously Helsingland, which is the Swedish village, to uh, hear about locals' midsummer or the summer solstice traditions. That's fun. They're kind of killing a couple... um, Birds with one stone, they're gonna have a good time. Right. They're gonna yeah. work Mark's, on Josh's thesis. Yeah. Mark's just gonna have a Mark good time. Mark wants to go to have fun. Pele's obviously going home. Right. Josh is there for the thesis. And Christian is there because Christian is there. Because he never says no to anything, <laughs> pretty much. I think he was hoping to get away from Danny. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of ghosted. Yeah. Um, Pele says, I'm really happy that you're coming. I'm really glad. He says this to Danny. Yeah. Yes. Pele's a nice guy. He is. He's like, I'm I'm really excited. I know that you're probably going through a hard time right now. Is he right a nice now. guy or does he seem like a nice guy? No, he's guy. really nice to her. He's nice to her. Okay. And I don't trust Pele. <laughs> uh, he's, she, he says, I know that you've had a really hard time with your family. And he says the word family. And Danny has an anxiety attack right away. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I need it. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. And she gets up Aww. to go to the bathroom. And it's this really cool shot where she walks into the apartment bathroom. And then when we look at her again from a different angle, it's actually the airplane bathroom. 
where Ooh. she is having another panic attack and mm-hmm. sobbing. Um, an interesting thing, though, about this is that she keeps trying to find refuge or she keeps trying to calm herself by herself. Mm-hmm. So, as opposed to going to your boyfriend right. or as opposed to finding comfort in another person, Danny has to run away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she runs into bathrooms, she's uh, crying on her own, and yeah, it's like Kimmy said, it's an awesome shot. Yeah. It's so sick. It's, it's like... Ari Aster did it in Hereditary, which is these overhead shots panning across, like, rooms mm, in a house. And like so, a dollhouse. Like a dollhouse. Um, and so it's the same concept here. Uh, but now we're on a plane to Sweden. They get in the van. They're driving down these beautiful fields of Sweden. <laughs> and um, they finally get to where they're meant to be going. It's just a big field. Yes. So it is uh, just a dirt road where the car can no longer go. So they Mm. have to get out of the car and they're going to have to hike the rest of the way. But before they hike the rest of the way, they stop in this big open field and uh, Pele spots somebody and it turns out it is his brother. And they run and they hug and there's kind of like these other flower children in the field. Like maybe like two others. And Pele's brother is with two other people who are, um, and what's really cool is we, we get to see this, that um, these two other people are Pele's brother's friends who he has brought to Midsummer oh, oh, okay. from London, because that's where he went um, when he cool. went out um, on his, what they call a pilgrimage, and he brought two people from London, and we see these two Londoners, and we see our, our group of four friends from America, and everyone is wearing dark clothes. Despite it being summer, we're getting a lot of grays, dark greens and dark uh, browns, but then everyone from Sweden is wearing these, like, canvas white. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're all hanging out in the field, and immediately, without skipping a beat, they're offered mushrooms. Oh. And they're like, we're on a trip. Let's do it. And everybody's like, yeah, let's do it right now. We're going to take them right now. And Danny says, hmm, you know, I think I'm going to hang back for a second. I'm not really quite ready to be taking shrooms. Right. Just yet. And Christian looks a little crestfallen, but he says, uh, I'll wait too. I'll wait with you. And he says, hey guys, I'm not going to take mushrooms. Yeah, I'm going to wait with Danny. And they all look pissed. Yeah. They're like, well, we then we're going to be on different trips. It's not going to... Oh my gosh. Then it's, it's not going to... We're going to come up at different times. It's going to be stupid. And then Danny feels the pressure and she says, you know what? Uh, never mind. I'll, I'll do it too. And Pele says, I've got some tea if you like that better so that the taste isn't as bad. And she says, that's uh, great. And um, they all take their shrooms. And the next scene is them sitting on a hill waiting for the drugs yeah, to yeah, hit. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. And Mark says, what time is it? Pele says, nine. And he's like, no, the sky's still blue. It's not nine. And he's like, it's nine o'clock at night. That's how it is in Sweden. And so they're all kind of chilling in the grass. And Mark is having a bit of a bad trip. He's not overtly yeah. having a bad trip, but he's pretty he's pretty paranoid dude, and he's a very nervous guy, and he's he's like, everyone lie down, lie down with me, right now, lie down! And he's you know, trying really to get funny. them. It's funny. Um, but Danny is looking at her hand, and her hand is on the grass, and the blades of grass are growing through her hand. Yeah. So yeah. it's like blades are sprouting up, from her hand, and she's not repulsed by it, and she's not upset. She's just as curious and looking yeah. at it and kind yeah. of dazed. She's enjoying it at the moment. Pele is like a really good, like, mushrooms guide right now. He's like, 
He's the local, and he's the yeah, one who, like, supplied them out. His brother goes. supplied them. He's uh, like, feel the energy. Look at the trees. It's like energy is coming up from the earth. We're all part of Earth's energy. And then we get some really cool effects. And, like, you know when you look at those things on the internet, it's like, stare at this for, like, ten seconds. Optical illusions. Yeah. yeah. And the world kind of goes, yeah, like, yeah. bubbly. It's like that. And, like, you can see the energy going up through the trees. It was really cool. It's kind of like a pulsing effect mm. or a wave, um, and it comes back again and again, too, of just kind of nature being a little bit off and, yeah. and like, having a life. Nature is breathing, essentially. Um, somebody in the group mentioned something. It's, it's probably, I think it's Mark, about, Mark. Um, you guys are, like, my family. I just feel like, oh, this is my oh, no, family. I family. Feel so, yeah, exactly. Obviously, that's going to trigger Danny. Danny gets up and starts walking away, and her walk turns into a run. And she's sobbing, and she's going through the woods, and next thing she knows, she is out. She's just out cold. She passes oh. out. The, when she wakes up, she is concerned and says, how long was I out for? They say, we found you, like, several hours ago. And uh, she says, did it ever get dark? They say, not really. Kind of, like, for a couple hours, it was a little bit darker, but not here. Um, they all decide it's time to go. Uh, they need to make it to the actual village, because really, oh. we're just in an open field now. Yeah. Um, so they go on a hike. Also, we found this out from Danny when she's having a conversation with Pele. Pele's, like, excited that she's coming to Sweden, and she says, yeah, we actually, um, will be arriving in your village on my birthday. Oh. So it's her birthday now. So we're walking through, uh, some, some pretty fields, slash some woods, going down these intricate pathways that are really just off the side. Um, they're not main roads, and along the way... Mark is saying some things like, are there ticks in Sweden? And he's, he's just a jumpy guy and he's yeah. very anxious. And so he's asking about the ticks and everything and they're all kind of messing with him. They're like, oh yeah, actually Sweden's like the number one place for ticks. Okay. Like everyone who comes here gets bitten by a tick. And um, we then make it to this clearing. They walk into this, it looks, it's like an archway and it looks kind of like sun rays coming out of it. It's, mm. And they walk into the village. It's called Horga. People are singing. Everybody's walking in groups. It's really peaceful and bright. Everybody's hugging each other. They're so happy. They do this thing where um, you each grab the side of the other's face. Mm. So like, your left hand is on their face and their left hand is on your face. And you kind of like come close together. And it's like a greeting. Uh-huh. Pele sees somebody out in the distance. It's like the father, like one of the elders okay. of... Horga. And they hug, and they're here to introduce all of the American friends and the British friends, and it's just really lovely. They kind of, like, go on a tour around the area and just kind of get acclimated to the area. Is it just a bunch of houses? So it's actually not really houses. It's pretty concise. It's only a few barns. Okay. There are these, I would say, like, Two or three big living quarters, which are just barns. Um, are they, is it, like, barns in a field? Oh, it's big field everywhere. Oh, okay. Like, okay. huge. Like, even to the next building, it's, like, a nice long walk. But Got it's very it. open, and you can see everything at, like, any time. Okay. Um, so there is a dining area. There's some livestock going on. There's these big boarding house type things. Uh, and then there is this yellow triangular, like, the roof reaches the ground. It's pretty much just, like, a triangle-shaped building where oh. the, the roof steeple, like, oh, comes weird. all the way down to the ground, and it's bright yellow. So everybody's arrived. 
it looks like the only guests are the Americans and the Brits. So it's like, it's like the four or five, five of them. Which are just from the two brothers. Yes. yes. They each brought, the one brother brought two who are a couple mm-hmm. from England, and then Pele brought three boys and a girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they have like the opening ceremony kind of introduction where one of the female elders gets on the stage and she speaks in Swedish and she's kind of introducing like why they do this and she Are there just, subtitles? Uh, no, for this part? No, so it's cool because it's kind of ominous because we don't know what they're saying. Uh, and then she says, oh, excuse me, right. I should speak in English for oh. our friends, but the friends are the, it's only the six of them. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, like, that's even grosser to have, like, this whole thing and there's not very many of you. Yeah, Yeah. like, because if you're going to, like, Beer Fest in Germany, Oktoberfest, whatever, there's tourists galore. (laughs) So many people. And so to just have it be the six of you. It's not just six people at Oktoberfest. Yeah, in, like, a clearly isolated area with all these other people. You know what I noticed, too? We look out at the landscape of the whole community and there's, like, Four something buildings, right? But scenes throughout the rest of the film, it's like buildings that we've never seen before. Like a like a room where like an oven where they cook like their their food. Oh. Yeah. I kind of like it because it it gives you like this feeling that you know this is really cliche, but not everything is as it seems, or it's, that they're hiding stuff from us. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And like especially because as they're pointing out all the buildings, they point to the bright yellow one, and they say that's our sacred room. You are not allowed in there. And they they might even say no one is allowed in there. Yes. But then we see the doors open and people filtering in and out of it as the movie oh, goes on, and yeah. so you're kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. so like clearly just outsiders are not allowed in it, but we don't we don't know what the sacred room is, and it's. Right, this is yellow. already giving me, like, creepy vibes. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is creepy because it's creepy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're going along with it, though, because everything is so normalized, and also it's a different culture from theirs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, whatever they say kind of goes. That's the thing, too. It's like, at what point is what you're doing actually weird? Well, Maybe it's <laughs> not. We'll get know? to that. I, there's a couple other, like, sneaky things that happen during the movie that I don't want to talk about as, like, part of plot. Because, oh, okay. Uh, because yeah. if you point them out too much, it's going to be obvious? Like, yeah. that kind of stuff? Not that it's obvious, it's just it's just kind of, like, Easter egg type thing. There's a yeah, lot of yeah, Easter yeah. eggs that I would like to save for, like, once you've heard the movie, Kayleen, now we'll tell you all these Easter eggs. Because, yeah. yeah. like, as you're watching the movie, you don't know they're special, if, but if you're yeah. explaining it to me, I'm going to know they're special. If we yeah. say yeah. it along the way, exactly. you'll exactly know Okay, that, yeah. I got it. So... The woman elder basically says this is the ceremony of midsummer. It's like where we bless the crops and hope for like a fruitful season. Does she say anything else? Like it's hard for me oh, to remember. It is a nine day celebration that only comes every ninety years. So yeah. the idea is meant that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for you to witness this midsummer festival. Oh. And we'll talk yeah. about that Easter egg wise later. It's okay. Special because it's part of their culture for thousands of years, but it's like you're never going to witness this again in if in this like current lifetime. What about it? Because I know Midsummer is a yearly festival in itself. But this what is about a this? nine day version where okay. the idea is that like it, the planets are only going to align this way this oh, okay. every ninety years, and so and the the midnight sun and et cetera et cetera, okay. and they tell them it's going to be every ninety years. Interesting. Yeah. And they all go skull and drink a little drink. Okay? They, they say skull? 
Scroll. Scroll. Oh. I know. Scroll. I know. Scroll. <laughs> scroll. <laughs> Cree. Yeah. Um, and they kind of like go on a tour around the rest of the village. Okay. Um, they get to see where they bunk. It's literally oh. twin beds all in a line, like Madeline. Yes. Oh. And it's, it's two layers. And they say everybody s- sleeps here before you're an adult. And like the adult is age like what? 27 so, or something weird. They go by... So, so the reason it's like midsummer too is this whole community, they view life in seasons. Mm-hmm. Like four seasons. And so they divide their life by 18. So when you are between a baby and 18 years old, you sleep in this room. And these people, none of these people are 18. Like, Pele is not 18, and none of the friends are. They're all grad students, so they're probably, like, 25. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, But then from 18 to 36 is when you're meant to go and be an adult, but you don't, like, work. You go on a pilgrimage. Huh. So you, you're meant to travel, you're meant to find your purpose in life, etc. And then from 36 to 54... You're meant to be an adult, and you come back to the community, and you work. And then when you turn from 50, you do that from 54 to 72, and then when you're 72, you're dead. It's wintertime. You're dead? We'll get to that. Yeah. They do this, like, in it, it it seems, like, metaphorical. (laughs) Someone says, what happens when you turn 72? And someone, like, jokingly drags their thumb across their throat. They go, like, And they're, like, ha, ha, like, good one. Good one. <laughs> no, literally, we slit yes. your throat. And so, Todd style. Pella is clearly in the in the right age of he's gone on his pilgrimage, and so that's why he's he's gone like he's to America. Still in the pilgrimage, he's still in the pilgrimage, and so it's it's not like he's you know coming back to work. He's yeah, not fifty four no. yet. Um, he's just he's, back for the celebration. He's just back for the celebration. So they view life in seasons. Um, they show us some runes, which are um, like an old language, um, and you've seen them. There's just, like, the carvings in the stone. Oh, yeah. Um, and so runes are actually going to come up a lot in this, um, with some really cool research to be done on how Ari Aster came up with the, like, rune alphabet that he has for this, as well as they're walking, and, you know, he's giving them a tour, and then they walk by a giant brown bear in a very small yeah, cage, yeah, yeah. and they go, is that a bear? He's like, that's a bear, and that's it. Yeah. (laughs) They just, like, walk by this giant bear. Josh, who is there to write his thesis and who's very invested in all that, he really gloms onto the runes, and he's trying to decipher them, and he's saying, like, oh, is this the, um, the Elder Futhark, which is, like, the, uh, like, a style or an alphabet of it, and Pella's brother is like, actually, it's the younger, and so it's just, like, this, Of course Josh is just cheaty in this movie. He is just cheaty, and so he, like, knows everything, and he's, like, very absorbed in their, um, like, what's to be learned from these people, and he's kind of also walking around with his iPhone glued to his hand, taking pictures, um, asking questions, like, he's treating it very reporter style. Mm -hmm. Um, he's kind of, it's, it's a bit rude. Yeah. Um, especially because he's, like, asking, can I take pictures, like, during ceremonies, like, the opening ceremonies, and it's just, like, yeah. They're gonna um, murder your ass first. We get a really, really short scene where one of, another villager, she's a girl, she's getting dressed in the mirror, and she's pulling oh, yeah. her hair back, yeah. and she wants to look perfect. She does, like, this <laughs> breath in the okay. room. Yes. So, <laughs> so do, like, the actual breath, because it's... <laughs> it's, like, like... <gasps> Like, oh. really sharp intake and blow out of breath. Yeah, you take it in and you let it out like a... Yes. And, like, if you saw Hereditary, it's where Charlie does the... 
It's kind of like the parallel of that. For it this feels movie. like it. I see. Like it's the, the off-putting noise. The yeah. off-putting noise yeah. and the villagers walking around going. <gasps> Ew. <laughs> yeah. And she leaves and she she just goes about her business. Um, She's the redhead, is what I'm we gonna call have her. nightmares about that noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Pele and Danny end up alone together, and he now remembers that it's her birthday. Aww. And he gives her a really cute drawing of herself, and they're having a conversation and everything, and then at one point they wander towards this wall. And there's a bunch of photographs all down in. She says, what are these? And he says, these are all the May Queens. Every ceremony, a May Queen is crowned, oh, no. because she wins the contest. She told me the May Queen. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, she says, wow, that's really nice. Uh, she everything that they talk about with her, she's kind of just like she just goes with the flow. Yeah, she is. She doesn't want to be disrespectful to the culture, but she's but it's kind of. Does she seem freaked out at all? Not freaked out. Just, I mean, the Bay Queen photos aren't that freaky. No, it's not. You sound so scared. To I just mean, like the whole experience. Nothing's freaking her out yet. Um, no, it's like how yeah. if you went to a foreign country, like how would you be? Kind yeah. of like fascinated, but a little bit out of your right. uh, depth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The only thing she's so far been upset about, and even while in Sweden, is mention of family. Like, that really, oh, yeah. really boggles her. As she's looking at these May Queen photos, Pele pulls Christian aside and whispers something to him. He's, it's clear that he's saying, like, you know, you know it's Danny's birthday, right? Mm. Um, and then the next time Christian sees Danny, he's like, hey, come outside. And he's holding, like, this stupid piece of cake <laughs> that's, like, just villager bread. Yeah, yeah. And he puts a candle in it, and he's, like, trying really hard to light it, and the lighter won't go. And he's pathetically singing happy birthday to her. He's like, you thought I forgot, didn't uh, you? But Danny totally saw him talking yeah. to Pele. And so she blows out a candle. I don't know if this is where it comes in in the movie, but eventually Danny is walking around the camp with Pele and um, she finds a tapestry that's kind of hung up like laundry. They're walking across it and she's like, oh, what is this? And he says, it's a love story. Like it's, it's a whole thing told out and you're supposed to read it actually from right to left and you walk by it and you're you're viewing this love story and so mm-hmm. it's essentially it looks a lot like the one from the beginning looks like the one from okay. the beginning it's not the same one but it is um like a girl looking at a boy and being smitten by him and i think in like maybe there's like hearts coming out <laughs> off the top of her head yeah then the next one is like a vagina, like a cartoon drawing of a vagina. It's a pretty hairy vagina, okay. not to be too graphic for listeners. But then <laughs> there's like way worse. some scissors, and she's <gasps> she's cutting off the pubes. Of, oh, you know she's okay. But it, it's in the photo. I'm okay. just trying to summarize the movie here. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll say the next one. Yeah, yikes. now now uh, this next part. The next one is her. And it's just, the the pictures are so, uh, like, they're not the best drawings. They don't look photorealistic. They yeah, look yeah, like yeah. cartoons, but not like, you know, Sunday cartoons. Um, <laughs> it is a girl over um, a cup. Just like a small cup, and um, she's bleeding oh. into the cup. So she's, like, like, standing over the cup, and there's blood, like, dripping down into the cup. It's like her period. Okay. The next one is of her, like, <laughs> baking it into, like, a little bread, like a the pie. Pubes. The pubes into the pie. The pubes or the blood? The, the pubes. pubes. Okay. And then the, the blood into, like, a drink. Oh, my. And then she gives it to the boy. And then the last the last panel is, of like, them kissing with hearts and shit. Yeah. So what? So her pubes. <laughs> so she, yeah, so she gives him that. It's a metaphor for eating women out. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
next we're in Bed really place. they're like dorms yeah it's, yeah um Pele says like all right get a good night's sleep it's a lot to do tomorrow and like a next day of festivities like big ceremony and they say oh what are we gonna do and Pele tells him what they're going to do and Josh is like are you serious and it is something called Atestupen. It's weird because, like, I found things where it's just called Atestupa, but Atestupen is what's going to take place tomorrow. And Josh clearly knows what this means. Oh, no. Because he has researched, and he is like, are you serious? Oh, my God, Atestupen? We're going to do that? And Danny is freaking out. She's like, what? Is this scary? Like, what's going to happen? And they're just That's being so... That's in the so, trailer. She goes, mm-hmm. scary. Yes, they're being so coy, and he's like, oh, you'll find out. And Christian, who's, like, annoyed, he's, like, Googling it, and he pulls up his phone, and he's like, ah, to stupid. Yeah. But he has no service. Ah. Next morning. There's a group of people outside of the bed house singing. That is always happening. Oh. There's always groups of people, like, doing a choir. And it's, like, kind of scary always. Yeah, it's acapella. It's just an acapella group. Sometimes there's like... <laughs> oh. They're singing, don't horns. stop believing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they all gather around for mealtime. And it's in... The the table is like a weird shape. Like in... It's a it's shaped like a rune. Yeah. Mm. And they're all standing. And nobody's speaking or eating. And they're like, when do we sit? And they're like, when it's time. Suddenly... From the um, temple area, two elder people come walking towards, a man and a woman. And they're dressed in blue. And everybody else is dressed in white, except for the visitors. And they walk simultaneously to the head of the table. And they stand, and they do some chanting, and they take their own sweet time. They finally sit, but they don't start (laughs) eating yet until they're ready. And then finally they eat, and when they eat, everybody else can eat. And um, Josh says to Pele, is that them? And he says, yep. And... Is it Pele's parents? No. Uh, Also, we should say, Pele's parents are dead. Mm -hmm. He said that to Danny. When when he's talking to Danny, he's like, I'm so sorry you lost your parents. By the way, I lost mine. Mm. And she runs away because she doesn't want to hear it. And also, it is called an odal. This, uh, like, it's like a diamond with, like, two legs coming off. Kind of like a, like the Jesus fish symbol, but, like, pointing (laughs) straight up. Um, I guess the Jesus fish is also kind of like the yeah, ribbon also. it is. So is the head of the table at the anus of the fish or the head of the, the head fish? Of the fish. <laughs> Not the head of the fish. Um, the foreigners are all sitting like at the anus of the fish. <laughs> um, and it's it's cool because everyone is wearing all white and all these foreigners are not. They're yeah. wearing like, these dark clothes. So like they're really messing with like the aesthetic. Yeah. And what's interesting is that the odal um, rune, it actually means heritage or hereditary I was gonna say. <laughs> um, uh, like a family passing something down Kimmy noticed this is that and we don't know because we've only seen it once but they don't eat it seems Kimmy couldn't find them eating on screen the elders anyone. I actually anyone I don't know if they even showed it in this scene I, I thought only... they had like the cake bread stuff L- well but. listen oh. they're all shown at the d- okay, I feel bad because I didn't figure this out yet. <laughs> so I figured this out like way later in the movie, where I think they probably made it a little bit more obvious. Oh, okay. But I would love to watch it again to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Nobody in the village is ever seen consuming any food. 
they make the actions of eating like they're eating. Oh my god! And they bring the forks yeah. to their mouths. So then the focus will like be on the main characters, and we don't notice. Is that yeah. why? Yeah, and I even think that the main must be characters, uh, Mark, who's you know a little prick, he's like, "Are they trying to make it disgusting? I'm starving. I don't want to eat this." Like he won't even eat it. Oh, uh, while they're eating, um, the baby is crying, and the um, Danny says, "Oh, where's its mother?" And that the woman carrying it says. Her mother's not here right now. Um, she's on a pilgrimage. She turned 72. She's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so we all raised the baby. We all raised as it. As a community. Oh. So mm-hmm. next, it's time for Atterstupen. <laughs> and so they all go on this little trek. Mark stays behind because Mark is tired. And he's like, I don't care about some weird ceremony. I saw one yesterday. I don't want to mm-hmm. go to this. Mm-hmm. They all are walking. And they make it to what is a very, very large cliff. It's way up high with a very flat side. So it's it's a drop off, yes, yes. but it's also kind of notable for uh, like how flat the wall is. Kind of like El Cap. And so it is time for this ceremony where um, our two elders, our matriarch and our patriarch, they are um, going up there. That everybody from the community and all the visitors are looking up from the bottom of the cliff, looking at the top. And um, the two elders have been carried in these thrones all the way to the top of the mountain so that they can see all the people down below. Um, So all those people are still at the bottom, like the visitors. They're all watching, except for the people who carried them up. They're kind of all just waiting around a lot. And it's a very quiet community. Aside from the acapella, it's like (laughs) silent at all times. Okay. The woman at the very top of the cliff steps forward to the cliff. Oh my gosh, she's gonna jump off. So she can see everybody down at the bottom. She does like some kind of movements, like she does some, like kind of like ritual yeah, movements like and dance with noises. Yeah. This yes. is not an elder. This is another person. No, it's, it's the, the elder. elder, like the same two elders oh, who okay. were at the head of it the is, table. Okay. Yeah. And they slice their hands, like their palms, kind of mm-hmm. like um, like packs, like blood yeah, packs. They blood slice bonus. their hands open. And so their hands are very bloody, and they go to this stone that has these runes carved into it. Ah. Um, and so they drag their bloody hands down yeah. the stone. Um, and what I liked is that there's, it's clearly like in a close-up of this big rock, there's like dried blood all throughout it. Uh, like, there's cracks where the runes have been carved, and like, not fresh blood. You can see it's just kind of like a pink tint. Uh-huh. So they drag their hands across that. The woman steps forward. She is looking out in the distance, then she makes direct eye contact at Danny, and then ceremoniously throws herself off the cliff. Is she 72? (laughs) That's a good question, probably. (laughs) And she falls, there's a big, like, kind of flat rock at the bottom of the cliff that she bashes her face in, and they show the whole whole thing. But she, like bounces. Yeah. She hits the rock and so obviously her face is gone oh and then it comes off bounces like a right off and so we see her just come up with no face and guys I'm I don't know if humans, for that part of oh, the movie. I looked at it or not. Um, oh. but she bounced oh and God. it's a whole lot of yikes. Oh. Cue God. the um foreigners freaking out. Yeah. Obviously. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So Josh knew that this Josh was going to happen? Josh and is he like, seemed excited about it? He's a it? gross little anthropologist. Yeah. He's like, yes, research, oh culture, love it. Um, so is that a real thing? So it is a real thing that existed so long ago. Okay. We're talking like, it is an old tradition. Um, these 
locations still exist. People like know where they are, That's I guess, gross. and you you know because of the the way they look and, and what? such. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was gonna say more like the shape. Um, it's this idea of um, like euthanizing our elderly, which Yikes. which we, I I don't know every culture in the world. I'm sure some do, but to our Western minds and our American minds, yeah, that's grotesque. Same thing for the British people. The but Brits also, are why, freaking why out the most. Why you gotta jump off a cliff like that? Oh, <laughs> do oh, it no. another way. <laughs> so then the old man steps forward. He does the same thing. He throws himself off the cliff. And except for instead of, you know, jumping parallel to the ground, he jumps perpendicular and his legs break like off. Like a pencil. And he doesn't die all the way. Wait, wait, so how did she jump? Like face flat, first. like face, like ground. Oh, I was thinking like she dove, like head first, oh, like that. kind of. She kind yes. of did like a belly flop, a belly flop. with the ground. Okay, but he just pencil dived? <laughs> he yeah. pencil dived. Ooh. She swan dived, he pencil dived. Yeah. Oh, Todd. Pen, you know, pencil so diving is like... So you watch his legs break grotesquely? Yes, yes, Do you yes, see his do. bones pop out? Yes, yes, we do. Oh my god! Yes. Oh, it's the whole shebang, Kelly. And then we get like a close-up of him gasping in pain because oh, he, you know, hasn't died god. yet. The, Amer- the Americans and the Brits are freaking out. Specifically the Brits. Like, there's, yeah. you know, that white noise sound, because Dan- we're, we're watching it from Danny's perspective, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's really like she's gone numb. She's in the shock, yeah. Meanwhile, she can hear like a very distant wailing from Connie, who's the British girl. Oh. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, everyone in the village is smiling. They're like, oh, yay! Yeah. Yeah. Like, stupid. Looking around, they're kind of like, what is they're they're kind of like shrugging their shoulders like why is he freaking out like what what the it's yes, really they're funny. very confused yeah, and they're yeah, like yeah. can you shut up that's one of those like uncomfortable funny yeah moments. yes our culture's fine what the uh the old man is screaming in pain everybody who's a villager also screams really loud in pain uh, until like three people go over to his body with a giant wooden mallet and bash his face in. They all get a shot. They, I mean, yeah, if you're trying to kill yourself and it didn't work, I guess I would hope that someone would put me out of do, my misery. Right? As opposed to being like, no, it's honorable to die slowly. Right? <laughs> oh, um, one of the elders says, Ingmar, who is, uh, that's Pele's brother, okay. you didn't tell your British friends about what this is about? He's like, no, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I forgot. You guys, let me try and explain. This is a very, like, honorable thing that we do. It's very, it's a very special ceremony. They're happy to do it. And the older, elder woman says, when I'm 72, I'll be honored to do it too. Like, this is just part of our culture. You have to understand. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this is sick. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. And they storm off. Christian says, are you okay, Danny? She says, I just... She's like, fuck no. She says, I really just need to not be here right now. And they kind of, like, walk away holding their stomachs. Guess who was excited by Atta Stupin? Josh. Also... Mark. No. Mark was asleep. Uh, oh, he was so, down there still. It is so weird. Christian suddenly seems like he cares. And he loves it. He's like, wow, oh, so interesting. And so he pulls Josh aside... And Josh is there for his thesis. That's right. what we know Josh to be there for. And Christian is like, uh, so heads up. Like, I wanted to tell you first. I'm going to steal um, your thesis? Yep. <laughs> He's like, I think we both can do it. And it's like, dude, get your own idea. Christian sounds like the worst kind of guy. Yeah, I wasn't. This is when I was the most annoyed with him. I was like, 
Oh, you he cannot. He just, like, kind of, he's so wishy-washy that he can't even come up with his own idea, and yes. so he thinks that by wishy-washing himself onto someone else's, wow. he won't get in trouble. Especially You're really getting it, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Josh knew what Otto Stupin was beforehand. Right. He was excited to witness it. Like, he's done the research. Like, yeah. what is this guy gonna do? And so it's actually really funny to just watch, like, the hijinks of Christian walking around doing, quote, research oh, no. and thinking he knows what he's doing, because it's like, Josh is an actual anthropologist, you're just annoying. Christian goes up to the bear and tries to get, like, recorded <laughs> interviews. <laughs> Pretty much. Josh goes straight for Pele and is like, you can't all let him do this thesis. Like, I want to do the thesis. Um, and pretty much just trying to get, like, an in with him and yeah. an in with the elders. Because if he's going to do this thesis, he's going to need interviews and he's going to yeah. need research. Christian goes to check on Danny. She's obviously shaken. Christian is kind of past being shaken now. He's, like, on the mission to start talking about his thesis. Yeah. He's talking to some elders and he says, so... So how do you guys uh, keep the population up? Is he, like, writing anything down or he's no. just asking no. questions? He's not, and he's asking rude and invasive questions. Ugh. He goes right into, like, how do you prevent incest? Like, <laughs> what? Because it's a small community. No, I know, but, yeah. like, what a question. Yes, no bedside manner whatsoever. He just jumps yeah. right to it. it. Like, they're all just, like, out in the fields now that... Josh is talking to Pele about wanting to do the thesis. Danny's kind of wandering aimlessly because her boyfriend is being annoying. Yeah. Um, and then Mark comes and he is, he's woken up from his nap. He's pretty pissed that he missed the suicide. Yikes. Uh, which is gross. And then, uh, he says, I have to pee. And so he goes over to pee and there's this big old tree. Like a kind of petrified looking, chopped down old tree that's on the ground that we see some uh, community members dumping ashes onto. Oh my gosh. But he still decides to pee on the tree. Oh no. It's a sacred tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whose ashes are they? The two people that just jumped. Yeah. They already turned them into ash? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, we did see them being set on fire. Yeah. Oh, okay. So these are their ashes. Mark gets yelled at by someone and says, you've desecrated my ancestors with your piss. How dare you? Mark also catches the eye of um, some brunette. Oh, no. Some girl is kind of like, seems to fancy him a little I bit. I feel like she's using him already. <laughs> <laughs> we see them going to bed at nighttime, and the redhead girl who did the... <gasps> she has something in her hand, and she puts it under Christian's bed. Okay. And Josh sees this. Danny asks Josh for a sleeping pill. Uh, she's having a hard time. Yeah. And knows he has them. Everybody goes to sleep. The next morning, when they wake up, Josh goes and, like, retrieves what was put under uh, Christian's bed, and he goes to ask Pele what it is, and Pele tells him, it's a love rune. It's a rock that's had, uh, like, a spell carved into what it. What a slut! <laughs> <laughs> and also... Danny, who really wants to get out of there, she yeah. doesn't want to be there. Not as much as the Brits, who really, they packed up their stuff. Oh, they're, okay. they're like, we're leaving. Um, she finds Connie, the female Brit, and Connie is a wreck. And she doesn't know where Simon is. And she obviously wants to find him because she's, she's like, got her backpack on. Oh, she's got no. her suitcase. She's ready to go. And one of the community elders comes up to her and is like, Simon left. He he got into one of our trucks. No, he didn't. <laughs> and they took him to the train station, and they're coming back for you. And she's like, absolutely not. That's my boyfriend. He would not leave me here. They're like, he had to. There was only two seats in the car. Oh and she gosh. goes, I would have sat on his lap. There is no way. He did not leave me here. And they're oh like, I promise you, 
The it's car will so <laughs> I'm just like imagining if I was in this situation and like mm-hmm. the only person that was on your side is gone. I gotta say, like the real horror of this movie is just like the relationships and the uh. everyday like uh ideas of them and you know yeah feeling like you can't trust uh your boyfriend who might have left you but also knowing that you can't trust this town of people because your boyfriend wouldn't leave you Mm -hmm. but simon's gone i feel like as danny i would say connie you and me are sticking together let's get out of this shithole together right Mm -hmm. i mean she is supportive of supportive get out (laughs) josh is taken by one of the elders to the temple that he asked about yeah and they get to show him thousands and thousands of books with all these runes carved into them and painted into them, and he says, how is this done? And he says, well, the oracles all make them. They've been making them for a long, long time. And um, the ones that are being made right now are being made by Reuben. That's Reuben. And they point, and it's the guy with the deformed face. Gotcha. And they say, he's a product of incest. Oh, no. And all of our oracles are products of incest because their bloodlines are the cleanest, Damn. And Josh... And, yeah, and Josh is like, he's disabled. And they say, that means he is unclouded. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because he won't have to deal with anything in life except focusing on being an oracle. Mm-hmm. They Yikes. say, he finger paints, and then we interpret the paintings for the ruins. And Josh... That's so effed. Josh is a little bit kind of perplexed by this, and he says, can I please take a picture of that? And he goes, What? No, absolutely not. You cannot take a picture of it. These are sacred. Jesus Christ. They don't say Jesus Christ. They don't. <laughs> That'd be um, funny, though. And he's like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. My bad. And um, then he leaves. But it's clear that he will be back. No. <laughs> he's got a bit of a twinkle in his eye. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, um, the brunette comes back to Mark. There was a little talk Does she between... leave a slutty rock under no, his there's bed? A... <laughs> there's a slutty rock. There's a room that says slut. <laughs> um, Pele kind of tells Mark, oh, she's of age where she can now decide to have sex. Oh, no. So she's probably cast her eye on you because that's what she wants. And Mark, being kind of the dipshit that he is, is like, I'm going to get at that. And when she comes over, she says, can you come with me? I want to... Show you something. And he's it's, like, it's oh, my, yeah. It's my pube cake and my period <laughs> wine. <laughs> um, he leaves. It is nighttime again. Um, at some point in the day, Connie has also disappeared. Oh. And when Danny asks about her, Connie went to the train station with Simon. Duh. Chill. At night. Nighttime still doesn't look like night though, right? This <laughs> time it does. Yeah. It's okay. like probably the only hour where it does. Okay. Um, so Josh waits for it to be dark. He goes right for that sacred building, goes right to the, uh, essentially like a, a pulpit or like an, a podium, an altar, where uh, the most recent sacred book that Reuben wrote was there, and we see, it's just kind of interesting that it is just like finger paintings. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of text um, as well, but it's mostly just like smearings of paint. And he starts snapping those iPhone photos with the flash on. Oh, idiot. Mm-hmm. Never with the flash on. Someone is coming up behind him. Do we see them because of the camera flash? Um, uh, there's like there's this a reflection. really strange reflection on the wall. It's like not quite a mirror. It's yeah, not quite it's like glass. Maybe it's like a sleek wall. Okay. Yeah. And the guy coming up behind him is getting closer and closer, but Josh is actually hit from the side by something else. And he's 
bludgeoned in the head oh. with something and falls to the ground, twitching and convulsing. Like, really hard bludgeon. Yes. Yeah, like blood is coming now. out. Oh, no. The person who is walking up is wearing the face of Mark. Wearing the face of Mark? <laughs> Hello, Clarice. Mark is dead now? Yeah. His face is cut out. Ruben is wearing Mark's face. Ruben. And oh, the, the oracle. Oh, no. And he's like moaning and yelling. It's very scary. <laughs> it's like he's making these like animal noises. It's very horrible. And then he drags Josh away. End of scene. <laughs> yep. Um, oh. The next day they're at lunchtime again. Or maybe it's, it's breakfast. They're at a meal. And uh, Danny hates everything. She's very uncomfortable. She's... Very scared because where did Josh go? Where did, Mark, where did go? Mark go? Where did Connie and Simon go? And Christian has a ridiculous excuse for everything. And so now Christian and she are the only outsiders you left. You bet. Great. Yeah, right? Christian's and a reliable person to have with you in that situation. Christian is such a dum-dum. At breakfast, they are um, eating. They all have the same meal. It's like, looks like it's like thing. It's like pineapple juice. It's, it's like a, a very pine- yellow juice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Everybody has, Lemonade. like, this bread muffin thing and, like, the guava lemon juice or whatever. And Courtney leans over to me and she says, Christian's drink is a little bit pinker than everybody else's drink. And yeah, then, his, his drink looked friggin', like, orange. And everyone else's was <laughs> yellow. His is, like, orangey-pink. And I was like... And it's and you see, because they're sitting in tables in are long yeah. rows. And so it's like, you see just this long line of yellow. And I was like, why does his drink look different? Christian eats the muffin thing, and then he's like, something oh no, is on his tongue. He pulls out a pube. He's like, ew, is that a pube? I freaking knew it. He goes, laugh, and drinks the drink, which we're at, period at the whole theater was like, oh. You get, everyone knows, because yeah. it's like, as soon as you find a pube in your, in your muffin, you know you're, you're like, drinking blood. oh gosh, um, and... And so then, who did it? Was it the girl with the rock on her bed? Yes. She's mm-hmm. in love with him. Ugh. And her name is Maya. Mm-hmm. Connie and Simon, gone. Yep. Mark, definitely killed. Josh, definitely killed. We only have two outsiders left. We're going to say this is the halfway point. Because okay. really, we've got a very extended climax coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yes, Kayleen, what do you think is going to happen in the second okay. half of this movie? Oh my gosh. So you guys said when we were talking earlier that they're going to actually do like the Maypole thing. And I think that's even in the trailer. So at some point they're going to finally lead up to that. Because that's the big, I mean that's what people think of when they think of Midsummer is the Maypole, Maypole and the flowers. Yeah. And I think for sure they're going to make her the May Queen or whatever it was called. And I don't know why they're going to think she's deserving of that. I wonder if it has to do with, like, not having anyone else in your family. And they're going to try to integrate her into their community, which is their word for family, basically. And I feel like some weird something's going to happen with Ruben still. I know he just did a whole scary thing, but I don't know. I feel like there's got to be more to do with the the finger painting. I think Christian's going to die. I don't think he makes it out. I think Danny will make it out. Either she makes it back and she does get back home, but I really feel like the movie's not going to end like that. I feel like it's going to end kind of somber. So I feel like it's going to end with her being the May Queen and having to somehow deal with this life and just survive like this. Or maybe they mess with her mind so much that she doesn't even mind. Mm. Like that she just accepts it because they do something to her. 
Wow, I don't, I like can't guess anything about the friends now because they're all dead. And this is true. <laughs> uh, Maya, maybe she'll end up killing Christian, or maybe, ooh, maybe because he's so wishy washy, she'll come on to him and he'll just let it happen and they'll bang and then Danny will catch them. And then she'll be like, screw you and help murder him or something. <laughs> and she's like, yes, I am the May Queen. Murder them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got. So the elder says, Danny, you're going to go with the women for this next activity. Right. Christian, you're going to come with me. You're going to go see the woman elder Siv. And um, Danny is taken to where all the women are, where they're mixing up some kind of crazy drink. They put some herbs and, like, paste in there and stir it up. It's kind of like a green drink. And all the women are going up to the server and getting a little, you know, a little scoop of the drink. Danny's also dressed in their kind of garb now. Yeah, they dress her up. She's got, like, a beautiful white dress with some really interesting runes on it that, um, like, stitchings on either side of, like, her lapels. She is kind of hanging out with a, a friend of hers that she kind of just, like, she's just kind of buddying up to somebody. Okay. And then they drink it, and they down it all in, like, like a shot. And then the, the girl goes, uh-oh, woo, here we go. Oh, and God. she's like, oh, no, what does that mean? And it's kind of apparent that they kind of took some, like, tripping. Did more drugs. Yeah, tripping yeah. drink. There's, like, a lot of drugs in this movie. Yeah. There are. Uh, and they all run over to the maypole. The leader announces that what they're going to do next is participate in kind of like the legend of their village, the Horga. Okay. And this is an actual thing. It's called like the Horga song. Oh. And the idea is that one day the devil came into the village and um, he started, and they say devil, which has been like, it's like a discrepancy of different websites saying devil or saying, you know, just like goat man. Yeah. Um, oh. Or just <laughs> Black Philip. Black Philip or just um, a traveler. Um, and so essentially what he did is he came into town and it's very Pipe Piper-ish with a fiddle and he decided that he was going to kind of like lure everyone in the town over with his fiddle playing and that they were all going to have to dance until they no longer could. Oh my. And the idea is that yes, people danced until they died. Um, and so they, they kept, he kept playing the fiddle. Because they were under a spell? Because they were under a spell. Mm -hmm. And so they kept playing music, um, and they kept dancing the entire time to it. And so essentially what the leader then says is, so we're all going to dance around the maypool? Last one standing wins. Don't drop. Oh my Um, god. And I really thought it was going to be, not to spoil it, but... I really thought it was going to be a to the death sort of thing. Okay. Instead, it's, it's more like when you fall asleep. It's when you or fall out. or fall down or run into somebody and okay. stop the Yeah, it became that. a lot simpler. I was like, okay. cause the trailer too is her. She's wearing the flower crown right yeah. now, not mm-hmm. the trailer, the poster. Yeah, it's her with that flower crown crying, right. and I was like, that's why she's crying. It's because she danced for so long. Right, right. Yeah. Um. So that's what she's got ahead of her. Danny looks down at her feet, and there's grass growing up through her feet. Uh. She's tripping. And they kind of start the dance, and she's getting the hang of it, and she's actually having a really great time. Yeah, Aww. she's enjoying it. Because uh, it's just the kind of dancing where you're like... Because she got out of her toxic boyfriend's, like, atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, she's just, like, running around in circles. So, um, Christian is at Siv's house now. The, the elder. The woman elder. And she sits him down. He says, I'm really sorry. Like, like I said, we didn't steal your runes. And she says, how do you feel about Maya? Oh, no. How do you feel about her? And he's like, how do I feel about her? How? And she says, you have been approved to mate with her. Yikes. 
and this is a very sacred rite. She's chosen you. Does that mean she's gonna skin his face off after? Oh yikes! <laughs> I mean, it's it's clear that it's probably like a just like a thing for the the lines in the community. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to bring an outsider in now and again. And oh, I yeah. see. She says, "So how do you feel about her?" And he says, "I think I ate one of her pubes." Oh. <laughs> and then leaves, um, mm-hmm. and then goes to watch the maypole dancing, which. Danny is, you know, nearing like the final eight or something like that. She's she's still in it. She's enjoying it, and he's pouting. He's sitting there along the side. He's like plucking grass, and he's not enjoying it at all. And uh, somebody comes along and offers him one of the same drinks, and he says, "Then what will it do?" And they talk. They they give the same speech about how it'll make you high. They're like, "It'll make you feel better." And so he eventually succumbs and drinks it, and then. I really loved this part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Danny's very high on drugs, and she's very excited about, like, getting this far in the competition, and she's holding hands with this one really sweet girl, and <laughs> she starts laughing, and the girl is speaking to her in Swedish, and oh, Danny yeah. is like, I can understand you! Oh, that's And funny. then Danny starts speaking to her in Swedish. What? Maya, who's also dancing, kind of feigns losing... She, she kind of steps and falls out on the circle on purpose. Okay. And she kind of winks at Christian. Yeah. And walks away. It's down to like the last eight people at the May pole dance. She's really fucked up. Everybody's really fucked up. And suddenly, she's the winner. Mm-hmm. Really kind of... Like we didn't like, see it get there. Like it's, it's not even that exciting. It's kind of oh. like everyone quit. I see. So mm-hmm. she's the winner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everyone is applauding. They're like, so happy. Oh, they did it on purpose. <laughs> Maybe. <It's laughs> such a nice honor. And they garn her head with a giant flower crown. It's a giant flower crown. Yeah, huge. And um, they say, you're the May Queen. Uh-huh. You did it. Pele's so happy for her. He kisses her right on the mouth. Oh, yeah. They put her on this circle platform that they raise up in like on over their shoulders and kind of parade her over. And Christian's watching from the side like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting fucked up too. And they all make their way to the to the table uh, where Danny is the head. The fish-shaped table? It's a different table. It's just one long table now. And Danny gets to sit at the head of it. Oh. Um, and here's where it's very clear no one else is eating. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, and, this yes. is the part very clear no one is eating. Danny is at the head and everyone is doing the thing now where they're all standing until she decides to oh. sit. And she kind of looks like she knows that she has the power. Um, and so she, eventually she does sit. And <laughs> what I liked about this is that Christian is going through a bad trip. Is he's he having a very hard right time. Now? He's very far away from her. Oh, okay. He's like all the way on the other end of it, kind of sandwiched in between people. And he starts to look like a little boy. He is got a very pouty face. He has got his hands kind of like together in between his legs as he's sitting down. Mm. He looks very meek and he's so unhappy. And he, she looks strong and commanding this whole table and he looks like a little child. And there's this like gross part where like the, the guy he's sitting next to, Christian keeps asking him questions in kind of like a baby voice, like, what's happening? And the guy claps in his face and it sends, like, a warp across the screen. And so the whole Whoa. screen is, like, bending and Christian's, like, face is all, yeah. like, wavy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Very trippy. And there's there's kind of, like, um, psychedelic elements throughout the rest of the film, right? We're, yeah, we're at the very end of the film. There's a lot less dialogue, but mm-hmm. a lot more action. Mm. It's very Flowers psychedelic. Flowers are, like, 
pumping. She's got this, gr- I hated that. She's got this gross, big, giant flower crown on it, but one of the flowers is, like, breathing. Ew. It is getting bigger and smaller, and it looks really gross. I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. They say, okay, May Queen, it's now ceremonious for you to go and bless all the crops and livestock. Here's your carriage. It's like a whole big carriage. You go in it, okay? And she says, can Christian come with me? And they say, nope, you have to do this by yourself. And they take her into the carriage, which is drawn by people. Oh. People like running. And they they drive her off. Like a rickshaw, yeah. Also, people dance, like, alongside it, too. Oh. Like, all the way. (laughs) Christian is taken to a different area. Duh. He's taken... He... With Maya. What do you think is going to happen? It's going to fuck Maya. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's this really st- strange part where he gets God, to now this... I'm worried. It's not what's going to happen. <laughs> he gets to this barn, and they open the doors, and Maya is there on the ground naked. Okay. She's, like, kind of, like, sitting all pretty-like on the ground. She's surrounded by, like... Ten other women oh. who are also all naked and standing around there holding hands waiting for him to come in. Oh my. And he looks kind of like neither here nor there about the situation. Okay. He's still, still really... Still wishy-washy. That's the thing. That's yes. all he is. That's what Courtney looked up. You, she, you want to talk about that? Just that I found that even in this moment where it is the ultimate betrayal of Danny or yeah. it is like ultimately him succumbing to the community he you cannot tell because yeah he's only having sex with one woman but he's been forced into the situation he's surrounded by onlookers it does not feel consensual but he's kind of giving no indication that he's not unhappy with it mm-hmm. nor is he happy with yeah. it he participates he's not excited to see a bunch of naked women it's but he's also very, not it's very off-putting because yeah. i don't yeah. know how to feel about him and he doesn't know how to feel about anything um, yeah so it's very weird he decides he doesn't decide he's just like he is put into the position where he's kind of led to have sex with maya okay all the women start singing (laughs) and they're swaying and singing and they're making like sex noises but like as a song whenever she makes them they mimic it they mimic it and they harmonize yeah they harmonize the sex singing Sex singing, I like it. And they kind of, like, are doing it, like, as a communal act. We're all having sex. There's a funny part where one of the women gets, like, way up in their faces and starts singing, like, a melody, and Christian's like, what the fuck? And um, it's just very uncomfortable, and uh, everybody, you know, Christian's very uncomfortable, but he's still doing it, and they're all, like, all involved and invested in it. Meanwhile... Danny is, she's like, what's happening in there? And they're like, that's not for you. Oh, oh. (laughs) And she's like, no. I'm the queen. They're like, you better not. You better not. (laughs) They kind of don't stop her, though. Oh, Um, they don't even, they don't even put up a fight. She goes and looks through the peephole, and they don't show you what, She's seeing, but it's apparent that she's witnessing him, you know, essentially cheating on her. And she has... Essentially. (laughs) (laughs) He's so wishy-washy, who's to say? (laughs) Um, And he's under the influence, so it's like, she sees it as him cheating on her. She has a full-on panic attack. And runs, she like throws up. Is she still pretty high? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. She runs into the bed area. She's screaming and crying. All the women are like, oh, no. Oh, no, we have to help her. They run and they try and calm her down. And she's, like, heaving and screaming and yelling. And then she's, like, crawling on the ground. And they're kind of, like, all over her. And they all start screaming with her. And they're all doing it the exact same way, like, almost rhythmically. And they're, like, screaming in each other's faces, almost, like, cathartically. Mm-hmm. And and they're they're all like doing it just like her. Yeah, it reminded me of acting school. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Fitzmaurice of them. It was a big face a little bit. <laughs> then Christian is done. Okay. And, and leaves the barn area, fully naked. Oh. And he runs around the 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 village fully naked. Oh. And He's scared. He is very scared. scared. What's yeah. horrible is that our audience was laughing. We were laughing. Aww. It's supposed to be a comedy part, but it's also so horrible yeah. that it's like you're disgusted that you're laughing. I feel like Ashton Kutcher said it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Somebody said it. I feel like it's Ashton Kutcher about naked women are beautiful, naked men are just funny. Oh, and it's yeah. hard to watch naked men. And yeah. That's why it's like this movie is like it's scary and like horrible, but also comedic in a way yeah. that's yes but I didn't like that because as soon as it was like the sex scene with him and Maya and the woman getting in their face and singing our entire audience went nuts they were just laughing uproariously mm-hmm. oh. and I felt so uncomfortable and then watching everybody laugh at like this naked man running around I also felt uncomfortable because he's so vulnerable he's yeah. like at any second somebody's gonna like come and like kill him because he's already impregnated Maya like she's yeah. good to go now they don't need him anymore it was yeah. so ominous and I didn't mm-hmm. like it so it's hard to laugh. Very right. creeping feeling about what's going to happen. Right. He runs into a chicken coop, turns around, and what does he see? He sees Simon, the British guy, strung up. Oh, shit. Like in a spread eagle, like in the middle of the chicken coop. And there's vines Is wrapped all around him. Okay, nope. no. There's, um, It'd be worse if he was alive. I thought he was alive. Actually, he is alive in a sense. This, what? This, you'll hear. This, okay. So he's strapped like spread eagle in the middle of the chicken coop, like facing the floor. From uh-huh. the ceiling. From the ceiling. Okay. He's got flowers pushed into his eye sockets. Oh my gosh. Really aesthetic. They're like sunflowers. Yeah. They're pretty. And <laughs> there's chickens all over him, kind of like enjoying this new like chicken coop thing. That, I don't know. And um, the, his back is split open. And his ribs are popped out on the oh, sides, okay. and this his the... lungs are put on top, which, if you know, which I did, is called a blood eagle. It's a real thing. Huh? The state that he's in, like how he's displayed with his ribs out and stuff like uh-huh. that, his ribs are, like, spread out up on his back, like, outwards, like, like wings. Oh. And they've taken his lungs out and they've put them on top of the, the bones of his ribs, uh-huh. and they're breathing still. Ew, what the f- and It's like a butterfly. This is called a blood eagle. That's it, a... What is it? Okay. It's a real thing. It's in Viking mythology. It's um, a ceremony that they used to do, like, when they won in battle. This is as far as I know from watching Vikings, so it might not be historically accurate. Okay. That if you beat somebody in battle, you take them uh, surrendered, and so they can redeem themselves from, like, being the enemy or the traitor or something. You do the blood eagle on them. Where you hack their ribs open, uh, the, their back, and yeah. s- display their ribs out and put their lungs on the back. And if you don't scream, then you get to go to Valhalla. Oh my. Yeah. 
very, very painful, very horrible way to go, but considered very honorable. Oh, I bet Simon screamed. And then they, um, someone comes up behind Christian as he's looking at this horrifying sight and blows dust in his face. And he, he's just paralyzed. Oh. And they close his eyes slits. Oh, no. Yeah. So he's in the dark. And we're in the dark for quite a long time as the audience. And then I think it's in the trailer where it's like the, the Swedish woman, half the screen opens on her face and the other half does. So it's like she's opening Christian's eyeballs uh-huh. and she says, you cannot speak. You cannot move. Just watch. It's so peaceful, but it's obviously horrifying. Uh-huh. And it's her saying it to Christian. Um, and then we see a whole big final ceremony type setup where um, Danny is at the head of it. She's on like a stage and she's wearing the funniest outfit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she looks like Jabba the Hutt, but made of flowers. Oh. Yeah. She's a giant slug. It's like she's wearing this huge shapeless thing that kind of trails off oh. like a slug. Yeah, she's like flower slug. She's a flower <laughs> slug. Um, and she is wearing that and she is standing there kind of like the queen. She's the May queen and she's kind of running with it. She's like the ruler of all these people and they're explaining to her what's going to happen next. For their final day and their final ceremony, they talk about how this year um, for Midsummer they have been blessed in their nine sacrifices because nine is their lucky number. Yikes. We've got the two elders who uh, jumped from the cliffs. Yeah. We have got the two Brits. We have got the two side boys. Josh and, and Mark. Josh and Mark. And now we have these two villagers who have volunteered. This is their choice. And so then they say to Danny, and now you as the May Queen, you will choose the ninth. We're either going to give you a villager or Christian. You get to pick. We see them loading up the bodies. Um, like Mark, who had his face cut off, his face has now been put onto like a big, dumb jester made oh. of straw. That they put in there. Um, our big, beautiful sunflower-eyed boy is there. I don't really know what Connie looks like. She looks like drowned. She's like really gray-faced. And oh, right, yeah, she did look like she'd been We drowned. didn't really even recognize that it was her. She kind of looked way more decomposed than the others, so maybe she yeah. was drowned. And they've chosen Christian as the ninth one. Oh, she did? Mm-hmm. She kind of is like really stone-faced throughout all of this. She's kind of just like letting it happen. She's really drained. And probably coming down from whatever drugs. Uh. And they say, do you want to pick him? And she kind of looks at him. It cut to black, though. Yeah. So she never actually says it. And I thought that would be an interesting place to end the movie, where it's uh. up to the audience to interpret what's going to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. But instead, no, it's, she picks Christian, and when next we see him, he is, um, they're carving open that bear. Oh, okay. And then... We see, you know, the bear's guts and all that stuff, and they're doing it with children. The children of the village are, like, learning how to, oh to, to cut up the bear. And then Christian is now inside the bear. He's stuffed into the bear, and they His cut the bear face like off. The bear so face. That he's, like, it's like oh. he's wearing a bear costume. Oh. Yeah, he looks like a little bear. Oh. And he can't move still, he cannot speak, and they put him front and center in what we are now in is the big yellow barn. They bring two other villagers or a couple villagers over with torches and they go inside and they say this is the blessing we're going to be cleansed of all of our 
all the bad stuff and all the misdeeds, and we're going to bless us with a good harvest. They call them their affects, mm-hmm. spelled A-F-F-E-K-T-S, and that's like in subtitles in Swedish. Okay. So it's like all their bad affects. Okay. And Ari Aster said that's what their alphabet is called, too. Mm. So it's like their language and all of the like dirty laundry in their community. You know? They light up the place with the torches. The whole triangle building? The whole yeah. triangle building, and they leave. And everything is set ablaze, and we see individually each dead character burning up. We see the one of the volunteers um, burning up, and he's screaming and yelling, and everybody outside is screaming and yelling in pain right. with him. And Christian is set ablaze, and the whole tower is set ablaze, and it crumbles to the ground, and Danny is watching the whole thing crumble, and at the very end of the movie, she is smiling. That's the last shot. She's very happy. I mean, it's it's a very long ending shot. It's because it's it's they're slowly burning. Uh-huh. The it's kind of sad because the volunteers thought this was like an honorable death, and then they find out it actually hurts to be burned alive. It all kind of ties back to because there's this big collective grief going on. Uh, where they're all experiencing it and they're all yelling out as if they are in actual pain. Yeah. Whereas Danny, like I said, she isolates herself mm. throughout the whole beginning of the film. Where she, and she's not feeling the pain at the end like them. She's smiling. She's smiling, yeah. She's not feeling it, but she is feeling a sense of family and of community. Yeah. And it's also, we left it out because it might have been a spoiler. Pele tells her, my parents died when I was very young. They were killed in a fire. Oh, shit. So they were probably some of the volunteers. Or his parents could have been outsiders who one of them mated with another one. We don't know. Yeah, and he never met them. Yeah. He also, we did leave this out too, but he also says, this community has been my family. They carried me when I needed to be carried, and we carry each other. And that's kind of like what all the collective like sharing of emotion and pain and, and sadness is. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Danny has never experienced and certainly not with her boyfriend. Right, people wanting to feel pain with her. Yeah, people wanting her. to support her yeah. through it. And and I just think that's kind of like an interesting take. Yeah. It certainly doesn't like excuse murder. But... I don't think it excuses it, but I think the idea of the story, um, and the director called this, the exact opposite of hereditary, mm. which is about like kind of like a family being broken apart from the inside out and like having no family. Yeah. And this one is about a girl gaining a family in the same way that he says it is a, like a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. We open with a terrible tragedy where a, <laughs> where someone is orphaned and loses yeah. both of their parents, and by the end they found their place. That's funny. So it's kind of crazy that Danny did come to like this place yeah. and did find her people there. Um. We don't really know what they do with the May Queens every year if they're gonna turn on her suddenly or right. if, I, what I think is I, I hope think not. I think Pele really likes her yeah. and wants to marry her and have her be like his queen. Yeah. So some fun facts or just things that I've found while researching it that are really cool. There's a really nice line as they are arriving in Sweden where Mark is commenting on how hot Swedish women are. He's like, How did they make them so hot? How are they so beautiful? And Josh says, well, actually, it's because the Vikings used to drag the most beautiful women they could find to this land. Oh and so it's the idea of, like, dragging these foreigners into yeah. their village to have them be there for specifically the mating rituals. Because yeah. she only likes Christian because he's cute and uh, wants to be pregnant, obviously. Yeah. And so she's going to go for the hot outsider. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, another thing I found that I loved is that somebody said, um, and this was on IMDb as well as on Reddit, but somebody said, this is actually just a demented version of Wizard of Oz. Because <laughs> as they're entering it, it's like a yellow path that's yeah. like the dirt road that they're on, and there are flowers everywhere, like specifically yellow flowers. And then Danny, who would be Dorothy, is traveling with a boyfriend who is heartless, mm. um, a friend who is seeking only knowledge, and another one who is cowardly, yeah. because he actually, we see him being kind of frantic about everything. Yeah, yeah. He, he's always asking about this and that, and if things are safe. The other Easter egg thing, which needs to be confirmed upon a second watch, mm. but um, kind of like the everybody never eating thing, yeah. is that I'm pretty sure that in almost every scene... Some extra is always watching, like, offsides. Like, there's always, like, an extra on the corner of the screen, like, Ooh. watching the main characters. and Or sometimes looking at the camera. Gross, yeah. gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Other things that happened is, Pele tells them all, this is a, something that only happens every 90 years. Yeah. But then we see photos of the May Queens... And there are so many photos that obviously couldn't have existed 90, 90, 90, uh. 90 years ago. And also, he says, my parents died in a fire. And that so, couldn't have been 90 years ago. You know, it's not that every 90 years someone turns 72 and has to jump off a cliff. So it's very clear that that's not true. And mm. so I think that, like a good idea is that that's what they sell outsiders on. It's yeah. like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You You'll never see it. this again. Mm-hmm. Whereas they still do it every single year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They kind of let a lot of things go that they're told, like, this is an honor, this is, like, yeah. a celebration you're never going to see. And they're like, well, maybe I'm just being insensitive to what your beliefs are. And they kind of let it go that yeah. way. So, yeah. should we rate this? Yeah. Sure. Ready? Three, two, one. Oh, hey. Wow. Nice. So, I gave it a seven. I gave it an eight. I gave it a 7.5. That's, That's pretty, pretty funny. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. So, since I was the one who didn't actually see it, I'll go first. I gave it a 7.5 because, and we didn't really explain this at the beginning of the of the podcast. We did a little bit about Hereditary, but I really don't like horror films, and that's why I was so eager to let them explain it to me, because it sounded really interesting. I know Hereditary was really good, so I trusted that this would be a really fun one to talk about. But that being said... I can't really rate it higher because it still seems like something that I think is going to be... I, I will probably see this one for our wrap episode, but it still seems like something that I would only watch once and never again. I think that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think that there's a lot intellectually there, and that's why I didn't give it a lower score. But yeah, I think that's pretty good for me for something that's grotesque. <laughs> I gave it an 8. I thought about giving it higher, but... I thought against it, well, I'll say why I like it. I, I like it because I thought it was really intelligent. I thought that the cinematography was really cool. They had some really cool transitions that I was mm. like, whoa. I just really like, like you said, like all the all the reasoning for everything. Like mm. I think that it's just like really metaphorical and there's a lot of like creation that's gone on behind everything and it was funny, and I really didn't expect it to be funny. Yeah. That That is, like, so crazy. It shocked me like that, but also really grotesque. So I gave it an 8, and I will for sure be seeing it again. It's good reason. Yeah, Hard. I'd like to see it again just because it's cool to see how things uh, come back. Like, with Hereditary, there's so many things where once you know the ending, you see the hints along the way. Yeah. And just in researching this one, apparently it's like... Um, 
And so it's cool for you to see it before you go in. Apparently, um, in the big barns and everything, there's drawings all over the walls. And apparently it just spells out the entire plot. Oh, uh, like, fun. right over Christian's bed is a drawing of what's going to inevitably happen. Um, and same thing with over Danny's bed. And so I just like filmmakers that leave the breadcrumbs yeah. right along the way for you to, to go back and find later. Um, and there's so much to discuss and there's so much to really think about with his work. And so I like it. I liked the look. I loved the acting in it. Florence Pugh's amazing. I'm well, really excited I guess... for you to see it. Yeah. So now let's go into watch list and recommendation. So, um, on my watch list, this is really far out, but we all just talked about how we saw the trailer for this and I got excited about it. There's this movie coming out called Ready or Not, starring the girl who stars in The Babysitter, and she's also in Three Billboards as the girlfriend of, um, the ex-husband, the one who says, like, Polo? Polio? That one? Mm-hmm. I really love her. I think she's so funny. I think yeah. those are the only two things I've seen her in, but she's hysterical. And Ready or Not looks really fun. And even if it isn't very good, which it might not be, it looks, like, very campy fun. So I'm mm-hmm. excited for that. It's yeah, on my watch list. I agree, yeah. And for my recommendation, this is quite a bit of a stretch, but I was thinking about movies that tackle mental illness. I know Courtney and I watched a video where they talked about a lot of good films that do that, and Lars and the Real Girl Ooh. is a really good film that tackles that. I love that movie. such a unique film. It's one of Ryan Gosling's most transformative performances. So if you haven't seen it, you should go see Lars and the Real Girl. For my watch list ad, I am going to put Spider-Man Far From Home. Nice. <laughs> Which I've already bought a ticket. And my recommendation is The Duke Because nice. I think that that's also another horror movie that deals with an exterior like premise uh, or theme um, really well. It's also a really good film. For my watch list... It's one of those movies that pops up a lot on, like, psychological thrillers or, like, mind-bending movies. Have you guys heard of Coherence? No. No. It just keeps coming you up. You know, on, is like, there anyone in it? That... There's not. I oh. think it's an indie film. Um, cool. But it keeps coming up into, into my, my mind and uh, on things. And then for my recommendation, um, it is a French horror movie called Raw. Oh! And it is so aesthetic, like Midsummer, And it is so gory. Oh. <laughs> um, it's about... A, a vegetarian who is going to veterinarian school, and I know a in like bit an, about this. an initiation process, um, she is forced to eat, I believe, like some dead rabbit, like raw rabbit meat, and it gives her a taste for meat, oh, and gosh. she now is obsessed with consuming it, and it's it's got a great twist, um, and it's 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 pretty brutal. It's it's really gross to watch. Wow. Um, just yeah. Eat like in salmon French? fillets and stuff that are raw. Yeah, it's it's a French movie, um, and I really liked the main actress. She she did a really good job. So cool. raw. Oh, I do want to watch that. It's a scary one. Okay, well, peace out, homies. Join us next week when I explain to Courtney and Kayleen because I got off the hook <laughs> last week. Um, the entire plot of. Animated film, Titan A.E. It'll be our first animated film. It will. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it holds up. It's been a while <laughs> since I've seen it. So, jumping in the deep end a little bit with this one, too. So, Yay. we'll see. <laughs> this one is like half the length, though, so that'll yeah, be that's easier good. to tackle. <laughs> All right. See you that's then. That's it.